Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 23. Today on Table Talk, we discuss board game design and designers. We review War of the Rings 2nd Edition and Downforce, and we get back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 games. We are your hosts, Michael and Tim. So Wait, what? I think something's missing here. Yeah, something is missing. We're going to get into it a little bit more, but we were at a convention this past weekend, Game Hole Con, and Ryan, the missing piece of the puzzle right now, he was sick enough that he actually missed the convention, which is surprising, which, you know, if you're sick, you don't want to go around a lot of people and get other people sick. Still, it was something that we were all extremely excited about. It's one of the biggest conventions in our state. Yep. So it was just really surprising. Unfortunate. That, yeah. Unfortunate, and surprising, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got that text overnight, actually. So I was, when I woke up in the morning, ready to go to his place to pick him up, that he wasn't coming. I was like, what? Yeah, I thought you were joking. Because I, I was at work, and you started texting me that, yeah, he's too sick. He's not going. It's like, no way. Yeah, I... I was I was a little foggy from just waking up, so I was like, "Wait, what's going on? Uh, huh? Who am I? Where's where am I going? What's happening?" So, anyways, he is still a little under the weather, so he's, he's gonna, gonna stop by for a little bit at least. Yeah, you know, it might just be for a little bit, but yep. he'll make an appearance. At he's least. hoping to get a little bit recorded. We'll see how he's feeling and just kind of go from there. But to start out here, we're gonna do our basically what we played at game hole con you're yep. gonna go through so you're stuck with us played. yep sorry so mm-hmm. strap in but uh so to get into that michael what what games did you play at at game hole con? oh let's see where do we start yeah, here what do you want to start with because we had a we had a good con yeah i don't know i could probably look to try to find the numbers you know it's not super big or anything like that but uh like i said it's one of the larger ones in the state it's in madison wisconsin uh i would definitely recommend it if uh, you know, if you live in the region to travel up, I would say it is more of a um, Dungeons and Dragons oriented convention. Yep. It does have you know a lot of live events as far as you know Dungeons and Dragons. I know last year and a couple years beforehand, uh, Matt Mercer, who's big in the D and D world, uh, he was at that convention. You know, there's a few others. Uh, you know, I'm not super big into that scene, so I don't know all of them, but I know there's quite yeah. a few. They have True Dungeon there, and, you know, a lot of the vendors are geared towards Dungeon yeah. and, and that's Dragons. not something, you know, I'm interested in, but I still enjoyed it yeah. without that. So if you are interested in that, definitely check it out. Even if you're not, I I definitely enjoyed myself. There's a lot of the um, company, uh, Milcog, I believe it is, has yes. a, a, a library. They had a ton of games there that you can play, so we got... Got a bunch of plays in there. Yeah, There's a in, big open gaming area now. Yeah, I noticed that this year, too, they extended the open gaming, so the board gaming is growing there as well. Not saying that it's small by any stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there were like three or four vendors in the vendor hall selling games. Um, there was also like a demo row. So Thunderworks Games was there. They're kind of a, a local game company. Yep. So they were there demoing their games. And then also Peacekeeper Games. Uh, they were also there where they're demoing some uh, different games. So even if I say it's a convention geared towards D&D, there's still a, a lot going on as far yeah. as board and there's, gaming. There's game. a ton of games that you can you can sign up for ahead of time. I did that with, yeah. with Yokohama. And I had 
initially signed up for another one, but um, didn't actually get to that. Actually, was an issue with that. But um, but anyways, yeah, there's a ton of games. Some people will go you know all day and just be playing all these different games that you want to play. I wanted to play Barrage, but didn't get into that. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I was playing, sitting down to play Yokohama, I saw that the table right next to me was Barrage. So oh, really? They were, he was getting started with the rules as we were waiting for one other guy. So I'm oh, like, boy. oh, man. Like, No, not that I didn't want to play Yokohama, <laughs> but I was like, that was top of my list was Barrage and yeah. get to play it. But Well, let's get into that. So you yeah. signed up for Yokohama. Yeah. And then, not to spoil it, but you liked it enough where you got it out of the game's library and taught it to Marv and I. Yeah, there's another game I was going to get, but somebody had it out. So I was like, well, I already played Yokohama. And when when the, the game's out there, so it looks so busy. There's mm. a ton of stuff. I went and sat down. The guy was putting it, putting it together. I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, but there's, you know, these boards, um, you know, smaller boards. But you put like, it's like 15 of them that get randomly put out in different spots, 15 of them together. And then there's six longer boards. So ton of stuff on all of them have like a different card on it all of them have like a different little token on it so there's a ton of stuff going on so it's like oh all right right here early in the morning just got you know it was eight o'clock in the morning i was doing it it's like all right this get my brain going here because this yeah. is going to be tough but it actually is super simple like the symbology is good it's you know you're just moving around these different spots a lot of them are just getting resources but like all the symbology makes a lot of sense. I think I explained to you. I didn't look at the directions afterwards, and just explain the rules to you and Marv in what like ten minutes, if that. Like, yeah, it was pretty quick. And yeah, and I think you, I mean, I didn't do a great job probably explaining just because I, yeah, I'd only played it one time and never read through the rules. But I think you got the most of the rules, yeah, um, and that down. But yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. So basically, you're putting down. Every turn you have a little assistance. So you place them on different spots on the board. You can place them at three different spots or two on the same one. And then what you do is you take your your actual worker, executive, or whatever he's called that actually does the action. So you place him down. And then however many total pieces you have on there, that's how many, you know, say if you're gathering resources, if you got two, a lot of the boards, you know, on the fish board, you grab two fish. Um, some, you know, copper you might get less but anyways so you're doing that and then you're picking up those workers putting new ones out the next time everybody goes in order so you're basically you're getting resources and there's special you know cards that let you have special abilities and maybe some points at the end of the game there's different orders that you can fill Mm -hmm. um so you're getting those and then once you get the resources completing those there's a church spot where you spend resources and you know, if you have enough workers and you can get more points by going there and some end game stuff as well, you'll feel the place where you're getting rid of imports and there's a lot of, I, I like it because there's a lot of different ways you can go about scoring. That first game I played was, just, you know, with the four random people, we were all in the 120s as far as final score. And I had, you know, me and another guy had shot up a lot earlier in the game so we were kind of ahead but the others you know had different strategies and caught up at the end we we're all really close in that and and i played a totally different strategy the second time and all the four of us that played that time all had a different strategy so there's a lot of different ways to get points and you know you one thing is you can't go where say my work is at a spot tim if you're playing you couldn't go on that spot afterwards yeah. so like Sometimes like you can't do the thing you were trying to do, so you got to wait till the next turn. But and you can jump over, but then you have to pay. 
Yeah, you right? can go through the spot. You just can't do that action that he ended on. Right. So, like, you have these plans, but a lot of times, especially with a four-player game, I notice, like, you can't plan as much ahead. So you gotta you can't just plan on doing one thing. you got to have some backup plans because you may not go where you were trying to. Or someone sees, like, oh, you're building up, building up your little assistance there. He's going to go there, so I need to go there now so I can beat him to it kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and which why I brought it out again later. But um, what did you think of it? I liked it. Like you said, it looked really busy on the board when you first set it up, yep. and you obviously don't know what all the actions are mm-hmm. because it's all like symbology, but it all makes sense. Once you start playing it, you know, the rules teach was pretty quick, and, you know, everything for the most part, made sense. Obviously, you know, you know, only learning it right away, there were some times where it was like, oh, I thought something else did something different. But, you know, that's yeah, that's and, on me, really, because, you know, we're sitting at a convention, so I'm distracted, and it's getting late, you know. Yeah. But, um, but really, once we got going, and we were a number of rounds in, it was, it all made sense. It all flowed really well. I understood what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I did terrible in the game, which... <laughs> It's never a surprise, but, uh, you know, really I liked it a lot. And I think I made a comment to you at the time, but it almost gave me a feel of Istanbul because it has the tiles and you're placing your... Yeah, same size tiles as Istanbul or really yeah. close. Yep. But also gameplay-wise because you put out your little assistance yep. and then you move your main worker and that's where you take the action. Now... Yes, there's a lot of things different between the two games. I'm not yeah. huge on Istanbul, um, but I really like Yokohama. And, you know, there were... But it it still gave me that feeling. So I think if you like Istanbul, I would definitely suggest looking into this one and uh, seeing... Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I don't mind Istanbul. It's it, decent. I you know, like it a little bit more than you, but like... Not one of my favorite games or anything, mm-hmm. but I like it. But yeah, Yokohama was it was good. I I enjoyed that quite a bit. That may may end up being one I get in the future. Oh yeah, was we'll that um, so? I know it's only the first game we talked about, but it was it your game of the convention? Was it your favorite new oh. to you game you've played? It's very close. It might be basically because I didn't know as much going into it. There are a couple others that we'll get to that I looked into a bit more. Um, so I had a better idea of what to expect mm-hmm. this one like kind of saw it was a little bit interested so i signed up it actually wasn't first on my list as i think barrage was at the same time i tried to get into there might have even been a second one that i was trying to get into at the same time but those i i didn't get to it in time so somebody else beat me okay and they filled up so i ended up with yokohama as my third option i believe and i just like well i'm not worried about it. i'm not gonna look into it too much beforehand and there were some other games like i wanted to play in I wasn't sure what exactly was going to be in the library, so I'd read up more on some that, so I could get through the rules quick enough okay. and be able to bust it out and be able to get it done without having to go through, read the rule books for three hours. <laughs> so it yeah. it was the most surprising one, you know, that I liked it that much without looking into it before. Like I I looked into Lewis and Clark and Bruges more. Mm-hmm. I like those, but well, let's I get into that into then. It's, uh, so Lewis and Clark, that was another one that you pulled out of the library. Yeah, I had. Um, that one I looked into more, you know, watched you know several videos how yeah. to play kind of things so I could get that going in quick order. It's basically you're racing down the river, um, 
you're an adventurer, you're moving your camp down the river, collecting goods. So it's you have a deck of cards that you're playing. One you're gonna flip over for a number of actions, and the second card is gonna you're gonna do the action um, each time. Or you have some Native Americans that you can um, that they're traveling along with you, that you can you can get more of them on the way, and or you can send them to their camp um, to get get different things as well. So one of those two things, you're either playing the cards or having one of the the natives go back to their their camp to to get you something yeah a supply or whatever it mm-hmm. is it is interesting because you're you're moving down the river so you don't just want to move as far as you can because the other thing that happens is that what you have with you slows you down so every if you have a card that you didn't play that will you move you back um, you have a certain amount of goods that you can hold after you but after you get more goods, they're going to slow you down as well. Mm-hmm. And the more you can have one native with you, if you have any more, they're going to slow you down as well. You're going to start moving backwards. Um, so it's kind of this mix of trying to move as far as you can, but also not moving backwards. So it's kind of a balancing, you know, do you want to move as far as you can and have that make up for the lost spaces? Or do you want to try to minimize the amount you move back, Yeah, but maybe not move up as much? So it's interesting. And then after you get to a certain point, how you move changes drastically because you go start going through those mountains. Yep, you go from going up river to now going over mountains and then back to the river, back up a couple mountains, and then to the river again. Yeah, then it's quicker. Like the biggest, you know, half the spaces are that initial river. Yeah. But then it switches. and It's so different because you might have had either canoes that you had or you might have had a special that helps you move in the river, but then you get to the mountains and you can't use any of that stuff. You have to completely change, so... You may have shot way ahead, but someone else had planned better for the mountains, yeah. so they're going to catch right up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I really like that uh, as far as you know, building up. You know, you can get more cards in your hand, better cards in your hand by getting those. Uh, I don't know if they call them assistants or just different people to travel in your group. Yeah, um, your traveling party or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah. So I like that. You know, it gives you more options, maybe better cards. Like I had one where. If I spent a canoe, I could move five spaces on the river. Mm. And then I, I liked how you could send the natives back to their camp and they bring you more resources. But then also you want to make sure you spend those. So you want to try to make your engine as lean as possible because you're trying to spend your cards and your resources because you don't want to carry them over because you will move yeah, back. This isn't a game where you can just... All right, I'm gonna need all these resources, so I'm just gonna get all my resources first, and then I'm gonna my next phase is gonna be going through all this stuff because you're gonna keep moving back. You're yeah. gonna be way behind even where you started. Mm-hmm. So it's that that balance. It kind of forces you to to be more efficient, I guess, with with your play. Yeah. So I, as far as the game went, I liked the journey mm-hmm. of traveling up river through the mountains, all that stuff. The thing that I did not care for was the end game. Okay. So how it works is as soon as you get to the final camp, I can't remember the camp on there. Clotsap or something. I, I don't sure. know. Sure. Whatever it is. So there's a camp on, yeah, on the fort that you have to get to. Once somebody gets to that, the game ends. So I shot way out ahead, and I was like one space away from getting to the, the fort. So... What I had to do was I was just kind of playing through my cards, just getting resources so I could spend them and I can shoot up uh, past the fort 
and then I would I wouldn't take negatives because that was the biggest thing that I had to worry about. I had to basically burn through my cards and my resources well, far enough so that you could make camp. Because what you have to do right. on your turn, you actually have to make camp pass. And to make camp, you have to the last thing you do you, after a round, you can pick up all your cards. And that's where you take any negatives, move back, and mm-hmm. make the new camp. So you have to get all the way through or far enough through that you don't ne- go too negative yeah. to do it. So you had basically had to go through the whole thing and get enough where you moved up. Was it one or two spots, you said? Uh, yeah, I think I had like one spot I had to move out. So two, that might be just not quite knowing the game that well because I shot out ahead. I was one space away from winning, but I had to sit and burn through cards. And Marv in our game, he was way behind. And I think he moved like eight spaces in one round. And made camp. Made immediately. camp immediately and won the game. End of the game. Yeah. Almost like, was a, like, like a NASCAR race where someone is almost at the end and then I blew a tire. Blew a tire in yeah. the last lap. Yeah. And that was like, oh. Or ran out of gas. Like, that's what it, it, yeah, it, yeah, that's ran what it felt out of like. Gas. Yep. And, you know, looking back, there's action spaces that you can get rid of cards in your hand, right? Yeah. So, you know, looking back, it's like, okay, I would have done that more early on then because there were a lot of cards that I weren't really using. Or especially later in the game when you got towards the end, like, all right, now I can just, you know, call my deck and that way you make yourself more lean. So that, you know, even if you ended, ended, you know, one or two spots short, it'll take you less turns, you know, less action turns your rounds to get to the point where you can make camp again because you have less cards to burn through. Yeah. So, But that's one where now that you know that... Yeah. So I would say it was definitely one that I want to try again because okay. now knowing yeah. how the end game works, how everything, how the different actions kind of work together, it makes me, you know, interested to try it again. So, you know, before I say whether I really like it or not, I you know want to go that route so yeah and and I was um I ended up being a little farther behind it, it initially uh, when we got through the river I was you know right up there I was might have been the first one or I was doing quite well initially and was almost through the mountains mm-hmm. but I kind of I messed up because I, what I needed to happen was I could move two more spaces and I could make camp and I'd be through the mountains and back into the river but I had to be able to jump you to do it so i needed you to not move but i moved right before right you, before right? Yeah. so i was one spot short of being able to do that so i was i had to do another mountain thing and i i had just i had nothing left to do that so then i got stuck and it just took me forever just to move like the one <laughs> spot i needed so like and that was done by then mm, yeah um, so the game i think that could happen where like somebody gets way behind it but it's 15 minutes before the game's going to get done so i think that could be a negative thing and also like the end game not sh- like the fact that as soon as you cross the game's over there's no end game yeah. stuff like thematically it makes sense because first person to get make camp at the fort wins like that makes sense that there's no end game scoring thing but like as far as gameplay wise i'm not i'm not sure about i like you i would like to play it another time yeah and see see how that second the journey was great, you know, getting mm-hmm. you know, all there. Just the end part of it is that I'm not – I want to play it again to to know exactly my feelings on it yeah. as well, yep. similar to you. So I will say one of my favorite games of the convention, uh, I would say new-to-me game. I'll 
say that okay. was um, it was one that was kind of surprising to me. It was one that I wanted to try for a while, and I've heard good things about it. Obviously, Ryan likes to talk up the designer. What designer is that? Which I'm going to guess we'll probably hear about it later. Possibly. In our designer discussion. And that was uh, Broom Service. I was okay. I was really surprised how much I really liked it. They're, so what you're doing is you're basically delivering potions around the map to the different towers. And you're playing your cards from your hand. We all have the same cards. You're going to pick... Ten cards, yeah. Yeah, I think ten cards. And you're going to pick four cards. to. Those are the actions you're going to do. And on your turn, if you're basically the start player, or the first player, you get to choose whether you're going to do a cowardly action, which if you do the cowardly action, you're going to be able to do the action no matter what. Or a little weaker action. A little weaker action. Or you can do the brave action. You can be a brave fairy. <laughs> or whatever. So brave witch. Yeah, the brave hill witch. <laughs> so what you do then is everyone else will follow. So anytime you play a card, they're gonna follow you. But if I say I'm gonna be a brave witch, brave hill witch, Marv gets a chance to go. If he had the hill witch card, he can play it. If he's brave, I don't get to take my action. He gets the beefy action. And then Michael, you would go. If you had the Hill Witch, you could try to basically trump him, or you could always just do the cowardly action. And as the, if you're last, if you have the hammer, curling term there, no one's going to get it. Um, if you have the hammer, you're going last. You know that no one else is going to be able to stop you from doing yeah. the brave thing. So you can always do the brave action. Mm-hmm. So when you're going first, you're deciding, all right. I want to do, do the extra stuff, risk but it. Yeah. if the second person has it, there's a good chance they'll say brave as well because, one, they want to do the bigger action. Mm-hmm. There's only one person after them, and they don't want you to do that big action, but not necessarily. You know, they might want to make sure they do it, and they could be you know, cowardly, but for sure you know that last person, if they yeah. have it, you're, oh, yeah. you're done. You're getting nothing. So that was the thing I was concerned about the most going into the game because I wasn't sure if I was going to yep. like that. As far as, oh... I thought I wouldn't. I don't... Yeah, I didn't Definitely. think so either. But when you're playing it, because it's it's not a real long game, yeah, there's times where you don't get to take an action at all on your turn, but realistically, it's your fault. Because you could just go with a cowardly action and always get your action, or you're almost like pressing your luck and taking mm-hmm. a brave action, which is going to be better... But there's a chance you won't get it at all. It's a, such a simple game. Like you're just playing this, doing this action, yeah. moving. Like, but there's a lot of thought to it because you're looking at. You have to look at what other people have. Like, well, what are the chances they're going to use this hill witch, which allows you to move yeah. into a hill? So the witches, there's four different types of territory or land, and that particular witch will move with that card. There's gatherer cards where you're gathering resources, yep. and somewhere you're just delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you can kind of see where other people are and where, what you think they're going to do. So that's a part of it, looking at you know other people out there, how likely is it that they'll have that. There's also, oh, there's, um so you have another deck and then those cards, you know, at least a three-player game, it changes the number of players, but there are two cards always that if you play those two, you get a, a penalty. Oh, yes. So, yep. But maybe you want to still play those because 
it's less likely someone's and then you can be brave with it yeah you can unless someone has the same idea so there's actually a lot of strategy going on and there's enough space like the board's big enough where there's you can all go in different directions you have two two pawns you're moving so and it it was just fun yeah it, it really was the playing those like whether you're being brave or cowardly like I definitely did not think I'd like that. I was like, well, it's a Fister game. I'll give it a chance in that. But mm-hmm. I was definitely very skeptical that I'd actually like it. And then I was like, well, maybe it'd be like a little like, I'll play it every once in a while. I won't hate it mm-hmm. kind of thing. A little kid game. But like, I really liked it. Yeah. The, you know, playing those, the, even the different Brave and Cowardly thing, that that was a lot of fun, you know, deciding on that and their strategy with it as well. And just, the, you know, you laugh when, right. oh, someone did it and someone played it. And you're laughing, even if your plans get totally messed up because of it. Yeah, and there's there were a few rounds where we were playing and I had an idea. I was going to first play this four switch and move. And then I was going to play, you know, a card that I could deliver and maybe get some extra wands. And then I was going to play the the cloud, the one that could get rid of clouds. Yeah, the... Was it the Storm Fairy or Cloud Fairy? Yeah, I can't fairy. remember. The Weather Fairy. Maybe yeah. that was it. So I was planning on playing that later in the round, but somebody would play it early, so then I couldn't You're use required. it. You have to play it yeah. if someone else, so you can't hold it for later. And again, I usually that really irritates me in games, but because the game's lighter and it... I don't know. It was just something about it. I It didn't bother me as much yeah. as I thought it was going to. Yeah. And it's not that it was. it's only a 10-minute game. It's longer than that. It it's, is, yeah. It's a good half-hour, you know, solid game. So it's not that there's no time to it, but like you say, you're not, you know, a two-hour game where something gets messed up right. and you're, totally messes you up. Like, it definitely hurts sometimes. Like, you're planning to do this. Well, if somebody plays this one card first, it really messes oh, my yeah, plan it up. Does. So, like, it's one of those, like, do I want to take that chance? Mm-hmm. and do it but that's part of your planning too is like well this will be a safer one i get to know i do everything but it'd be really cool if i could yeah. pull this whole thing off. it helps with tension because that really ratchets up, you know brings that level of tension up too so yeah. it's like you know it was just it had the tension it was lighter it was you know a fun pick up and deliver game it was by far my biggest surprise even that though I it's liked from it a designer much? that I I like a lot of his games, mm-hmm. it was still a su- surprise that I like that particular one. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because we 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 picked <laughs> it out of the library knowing that it was one that Ryan wanted to play. So we it was kind of like, like hate picked it out of spite <laughs> because Ryan wasn't there. So we're gonna play this yeah, game we're gonna so play, we can yeah. like, hey Ryan, we played this Alexander Fister game. Yeah. Ha ha. It really was. That's and hundred percent why we did that. And then it turned out like, oh man, this is I really like it too. Yeah, I really I really do like it. So So it, it pays off to be really you know, mean to one of your friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got a fun gaming experience we did. out of it. And we ended up playing it twice. We played it earlier yeah. in the day, and then later on, uh, before we left, before we left, yeah, we didn't we, want to learn a again, new game so. and something relatively quick. Yeah. And, so I yeah. would, uh, I would definitely recommend this game, and I really hope Michael, you buy it soon because I want to play it again. Yeah. No, I think I think you can get this one. Maybe Marvel get. It. I think he, Marv enjoyed it too. He did like it because so. he. Did he win both games, or did you beat him right at the end in the second game? I think I lost. Oh, it was Yokohama that I beat him right then. He was so oh, far. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I should go back to this for a second. Uh, bear <laughs> with me. But it was pretty great because he was so, so far ahead in points. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at, like, 
80 points and I was back at like 45 or 50 or something like that. And he was pushing the end game. Because... Yeah, because he, he thought he was so far ahead. So you can do that in this game. You can push the end game because there's a, several different criteria, but he was super pushing that and get done. And I was thinking too, like, I'm going to catch up and not enough because there's, but there's a bunch of end game stuff and I end up beating him by one point. At the end, he could not believe it. He, I think his jaw almost dropped, dropped to the ground when he realized that he lost. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty great because he had won a lot of games earlier. So it was nice to get that final uh, final victory yeah. there. So we've talked about a couple of games that we've really enjoyed. Yep. And I want to hear your thoughts on this next game because I, I wandered off. I went and uh, I was talking to Thunderworks games, oh, stuff yep. like that. And you and Marv, you guys played Train Heist. So yeah. you guys, I got back before you guys were done, and I think I know where you're going to go with this, but I want to hear it. So yeah, this is a game um, that Marv picked out, all Marv. He he definitely picked it. I don't think he knew anything about the game besides the name of it, which he thought was interesting. It is so bad. Like, <laughs> there's basically a train going around that you're moving two or three spaces, and there's a little circular track. There's a couple switches where you can do one different direction, but there's goods you have to get on. You got your cowboys or something, and you're, uh, even explaining it just hurts. Like so, there's these cowboys. You got to you know ride your horse or walk over to the train and take an action to move on. And then you have this deck of cards in your hand. It's basically a regular playing card deck, but instead of like spades and diamonds and hearts and that, like you have there's like three different things. There's like a blue revolver, a yellow bag of money and then a gray something that i don't remember <laughs> and so that all these loot cards if you're in the that particular train or cab or whatever it is if you play say two blue and a gray then you get this most of the time it doesn't even matter what number is on the card uh, there's a couple yeah, like you get an extra <laughs> action if you play a pair or something like that but all you know all you're doing is you're getting on the train taking some goods looting it going back to a town and dropping it off and you do that until you've taken there's different points but say 15 points what we're playing to or the train goes by a town three times without their good and you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and there's never any interesting choices to make it's always all right i gotta go here all right what spot do i want to go on i'm gonna get on this spot mm -hmm. i can get this good so you already know what you can get or can't get and if you don't it's just a matter of what you draw in your hand you can't you know, you're just drawn from a random deck to say, like, well, I hope this is yellow and I can do it. If it's not, I can't. And if you can't, like, then you're just sitting there not doing anything. Like, there's no interesting choices that you're ever making in it. It's just go here, do this, keep rinse and repeat 25 times, Aye. 30 times over the course of the game just doing the same thing. Yeah, I came back and it looked like you guys were miserable. Specifically yep. you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um game could not get over soon enough yeah and that was kind of didn't you guys you guys were supposed to get to like 15 and i think at one point you guys just like knocked it down it so you ten. didn't have to go well as far. You could, it could be anywhere from 10 to 20 we picked 15 one thing we did wrong was when you're on a horse you can move it like like 15 spaces and like that's <laughs> less than the whole board is anyways so you can just basically teleport <laughs> with your horse but we were just moving it like a person where you just like oh did the move okay. so you move this many spots like we're doing it like other things so like we thought that's what it was we weren't doing it right initially 
So in- instead guess... of using the teleporting horses, you guys were <laughs> yeah okay. So we didn't know that the horse could teleport, basically. But and like the track is just a circle. And there are like you can go off track, and then it like it Pac-Man's to the other side of the board. <laughs> is the other thing it can do if it if the track gets switched. And yeah. ours was this the train that went on the same exact path the entire game. It can switch, and it did. But then, because there's event cards that get flipped every, basically, every single turn, one event gets flipped. Even though it's not like once some other, it's how far it goes. But they're all spread out like they're four apart, and you move three every time, so it's the same thing every time. Okay. But the events were was two in a row that switched the track. So the one time I was like, oh well, at least we're going to a different town now. So something different's gonna happen. Immediately switched back, and the train hadn't gotten there yet. So same old loop. Over and over. It got old after like three minutes of gameplay. <laughs> so my recommendation is don't ever try Train Heist. That's, wow. It was something. It did. That it doesn't surprise me, you know, knowing what we talked about a little bit um, when you guys were playing and afterwards and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Super repetitive and nothing interesting. So I am glad I missed it. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be, I wish you would have had to deal with that as well. But in this case, no, nah, I'm glad you missed it. Really? Yeah. Wow, I don't know. That's really bad, then. Yeah, it just it it almost broke me. I think, <laughs> like it crushed my spirit. Usually, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm all about you hating this as well," but <laughs> it broke me. I just, wow, I just don't care enough to to want that to happen. <laughs> well, let's move on from train heist and let's quickly talk about something that I enjoyed at least. Okay, I think you liked it as well. It was a game by Stefan Feld. It was um, one that was also picked out of the library and we played, and that was Bruges. Yes. How's that game work, Tim? Basically, you're playing cards from your hand. There's a bunch of different actions you can do with these cards. You can basically just get workers, different colored workers. Then you can, I think, get uh, money depending on the color of the card and the color of the dice. You can build a canal, you can build a building out of those people by flipping them over, and you can also use those people's special abilities by putting them into a building. Yes, that sounds, that probably doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, um, Yeah, there's basically six different, every single card can do six different things, Yeah, and there's all those different colors, um, and then the dice that get rolled, so, Yeah. yeah. So... It might sound like a lot going on, but really it didn't feel like there was a ton going yeah, on. It's not one of his, like he has heavier games and yeah. somewhat lighter. This is one of the somewhat lighter and more, you know, lighter medium versus But there was still a lot to it. I think heavy. as far as, you know, his light games, it's still not the lightest I've played. You know, I, I would say Notre Dame was the yeah. lightest by far. Um, but yeah, this one is lighter, mm-hmm. uh, but I did enjoy it quite a bit because... Even though it's light, it still gave a lot of different options with those cards. And I also liked how at the start of the round, you will draw back up to your hand size. Yeah. And when you're drawing up, you basically have two decks that you're drawing from. And the backs of the cards show you what color card they are. All you know is the color, not what the special ability of the action guy. It's your choice where you're going to be drawing cards from. And I, I thought that was really cool and kind of unique where 
you know, you know what color it is, so you're trying to kind of diversify your hand yeah. a little bit. Versus just drawing from a just one deck that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not much information, but at least you know the color. So yeah. that kind of you might not even get the colors you want. Sometimes mm-hmm. like, all right, there's two purples, I don't want purple. Oh, let me pick this purple one up. Oh, another purple. Yeah. Dang it. That doesn't happen a lot because there's was it five colors, I think? Yeah, I can't remember. Five or six. Something like I that. Think five. But yeah, I would um I think it's out of print. It is, yeah. And um, if it ever came back in print, it would one. I would, I would definitely be interested in tracking down. And you know, I would say if if you ever get a chance to play it, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you like uh, some of the other Feld games. Yeah, and this was one where yeah, obviously talked a lot about it, but the you know, the really enjoy a lot of different Feld games like that point salad thing, which this absolutely is. Yeah. And I looked into it and I was like really, really excited for this game. Um, when I was first done, I was like, ah, eh, it wasn't that great. But like the more thing it was just because my expectations were so high for it. Oh yeah. It didn't exceed it, but it's still like, I more I thought about it was like, yeah, I did. I did like the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, quite a bit, you know, it's just, it wasn't one of the, the heavier ones. Um, you know, again, not a uh, not that it's light, super simple or anything, but there's enough going on with it yeah. and that. So I, I, yeah, I would definitely play that one, play it again. You know, see if it ever comes into print again. It's tough to find. Yeah. Um, and that, but, but yeah, definitely a definitely a quality game for sure. Yeah. I like that. You got anything else you want to talk about? Another one here. Um, same category as the uh, Tortoise and the Hare, uh, Tales and Games. Oh, and that one, line. This one was yeah, the yeah. same line. Um, this one's the Three Little Pigs. So all the box, if you're not quite familiar with them, all the boxes look like books. Yep. So when they're sitting on the shelf, they look like little books. So when you pull them off, and they all have a different um, theme. The theme is a different book. Yep. So the one that we've played and talked about before was the Tortoise and the Hare. And then, Simple racing card game. That yep. Everybody, I think everybody... For what it is, everybody likes that oh, yeah. game yep. that has played it. And uh, this one was the Three Little Pigs. Yeah, so you're basically, um, you're rolling dice, you get five dice, um, and a few of them have little wolf heads on it, but you're rolling, you're either getting a, a window, a door, or a roof, Yeah. or yep. possibly a wolf. Uh, the window, door, and roof, you need, you know, a door or a window, and then once you put a roof on it, it's done. But you basically need three of a, or Two, three, or four. So if you have two of a kind, you can build a straw portion of a building. Three of a kind, you can do um, the... The wood. Yeah, you can do the wood um, portion of a house. And you can, three of a kind, you can do the brick. Mm-hmm. Or So basically what will happen is you can do that. Now, a little odd is that if you have, say, a straw portion and you get a brick, you can put that together so like your house can be multiple different materials. Um, the other thing is if you ever get two wolves, you cannot re-roll those. And those, if you get two of them, you can try to blow someone else's house down. Yeah, you basically pick someone's building, and then you they have a little spinner in the yep. game. So we didn't use the spinner. Because it sucked. Because it, it was work. very bad quality. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't work. So what we did was we just rolled a, a die. Yep. And there's one spot with a brick, two with a wood, three with straw. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you might want to build a huge 
structure with different materials. But say if I have a building made of straw and wood, that's going to be easy to attack because if someone tries to blow it down, it's going to come down, you know, because I have straw and wood in it compared to just a, you know, if I just built a brick building, it's going to be harder to take down. You know, when you're rolling, do you add on to your buildings or do you want to just build a separate building and what type of material are you going for? Um, obviously very luck driven because of the dice rolling. Mm -hmm. And if you do get those wolves, you don't get to do anything else. You can't buy any parts to your house. Mm -hmm. It's just, Oh, you get to roll against someone else's. Uh, but as far as just kind of a light filler game, I, you know, I had fun with it. I like the hare and tortoise game better. It's obviously a different style of game, but if I'm going to compare games in that line, I would say I like that one better. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of fun, um, but it's a little weird with the building different types of materials in the same building, and then yeah, it, the, just the fact that you can even blow down a brick portion of it seemed, I don't know, I think, but whatever. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, if you're looking at that, you're you're trying to like dig into like deeply thematic stuff, which... You know, yeah. you, you play a game like this, it's not going to be that thematic. It's more no. of a, a kid game. Yeah. You know, I could see, you know, playing it with my kids and stuff like that, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as, like, a kid game because I could see if, like, my kids were building a building and I had to try to blow them down and I blew down my kids' straw building, I could see them getting pretty Yeah, and you don't have a choice, that. but uh, yeah. try it because you get those, like, yeah, it, it was fine and all, yeah, but fine. I wouldn't. For another convention, it was like, all right, end of the night, gonna play. So I'm not gonna pick that. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, I'd much rather play towards in the air for sure. Oh yeah, I yeah. So it's it's one that you know, if you're looking for a lighter dice rolling game, I would still. I would, had to get something else. Yeah, I would recommend yeah, something else. I still, I would still say you know if you like a light dice rolling game with the Yahtzee style go for King of Tokyo yeah you know it's a lighter game, game and, yeah now. way better um, but again you know I I can't say I didn't like it I, I had fun playing it but it wasn't like it was you know jumping out of your pants trying to get to it either so it was yeah. kind of uh, you know something to try something to play so. yeah like the you know the other one so like ah, oh, give it a shot see what it is and mm -hmm. yeah just but I've heard that that the the tortoise and the hare is way better than any other ones in that line. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's quite a few now. I think there's like an Aladdin one. There's a a one with a witch and some other stuff. And I've, I've some of them I haven't really looked into that much, um, just because of you know I heard that that the hare and tortoise is by far the best. So hmm. so we'll see. You know, I wouldn't turn down trying other ones in that line but it's not like i'm trying to seek them out yeah and so far your information seems to be correct at least with that <laughs> the information we have now so yeah. but yeah that kind of wrapped up my convention that was kind of our main plays a lot of them are new to us obviously yeah um, there's some other games we play in that but yeah i don't need to touch base any of those anymore i guess um yeah but um yeah we had a great time at the convention i cannot wait till next year 
Oh, one of the best things about the convention is all the food trucks. Oh, yeah, they do. So, yeah. I there's think there's like five food trucks five sitting up front, five or six, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, they're all, I only tried two of them, but uh, both of them are very good. Yeah, went to, I think, three of them this year and that, but yeah, always okay. good food and yeah. Yeah. If you like food trucks, which you do, come on. You yeah, like food who trucks. doesn't? Come on. Yeah, that's another plus of the convention. There's some food inside, like pizza and that, but... Yep. Which is fine. That it's good pizza that they have there, but mm-hmm. yeah, food trucks are where it's at. Yeah, hit the food trucks. But uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out uh, Game Hole Con. Yeah, if you're in the area. If you're in a, the area, a, and um, we'll uh, we'll probably be back there again next year. I think this Most is likely. this is my second year now in a row that I've gone there. It's my th- third year that I've gone, and it's interesting because it it's gotten a little bit bigger, you know, each time that I've yeah. been there. You know few more games available more spots for stuff more people there and so it's seems like it's growing and i heard that before too that you know before i started going it was you know smaller and just keeps keeps growing each year mm-hmm. so hopefully it hopefully that continues and yeah it'll be interesting to see how you know big they take it you know it's it's in a it's not in a huge convention center but it's it's fairly big there's a lot of rooms yeah. uh so you know hopefully they can keep it growing and keep that uh excitement in the Madison area. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, and looking forward to going back next year. So, Michael, if that wraps up our recent place, we're going to bring in a member of Dual Win Games. He's been sick all week. He missed our big convention. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Not cool. So that's why he missed all the recent plays. But he's joining us. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ryan Ryan here. (laughs) So, yep, we're bringing him in. He's going to try to stick it out through our uh, table talk this week, maybe a review or two, and kind of see how it goes. When you you stop hearing me, then you know I'm not here anymore. Yeah, we'll we'll kick (laughs) him out at some point, but... uh, I'll get sick of him eventually. We'll we'll see. Or I'll get sick of you guys. Okay. I know. (laughs) All right, so board game design and design is what we're talking about today. When you think of designers, how much of an impact does that have on you when you look into a game for the first time, whether it's purchasing it or looking into it? I think it has a lot to do with it because I I like to think of that everyone has kind of their favorite designer or, you know, someone when they hear a name as far as board game designers, they think, oh, yeah, I really like, you know, these games that this person's put out. And to me, I think that puts a lot of weight into when you're first going to look into a game, you know, maybe before art and theme, that kind of stuff, uh, even though that to me, that's a big thing to put into it. But it's also, you know, if I see a certain person's name, it's, you know, kind of top of the list. And a lot of times when they announce, when companies announce games, they do announce, oh, you know, Alexander Fister's new game is coming out. And that's kind of how they lead into mm-hmm. you know their announcements, so to speak. So, so I what's, think what's like a couple designers that do that for you? There's a designer that has maybe, you know, two, three games that I've played of theirs that I really like. Well then I'm gonna, you know, look into what other games they've done. Mm-hmm. So after I've played a couple one game, you know, probably not, but after I've played a couple, I'm gonna look into like, well, what other games do they have out? You know, if I hear there's a new game, like I'll, yeah, like like you said, Tim, like I'm gonna check that out first, um, versus anything else because well, 
you know, they made some other good stuff. So, you know, at least, you know, there's a better chance that it'll be a good game. And especially if it's a, a style of game that I might not typically like, but I've played, you know, two, three of their other games, all been good. Like, I'll, I'll give it more of a shot mm-hmm. where this is something I normally like, but, you know, maybe this will, you know, just give it more of a chance than, you know, for a, a game that, you know, not my style really. Yeah. So think of it this way, too. Not only if a new game comes out with a designer's name on it, but you might look more into, you know, if you play a few, like for us this year, it seems like it's been the year of Stefan Feld because earlier this year, we finally played one of Feld's games. And then it seemed like we would start looking into more of his designed games. And you know, now what we're up to at least five, maybe six games that we play to his yeah, somewhere in that mark. So I think the, you know, not only new games, but also old games. When you find a designer that you really like their design and some of their games, you're going to be more apt to look into some of the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think a few of them this year, you kind of mentioned the number one, one was uh, Stefan Feld. Mm-hmm. And then to another extent too, I think Uwe Rosenberg, Yeah, you know, we've, played feast we played caverna and now you know we we're kind of you got fields of arl I just got, got i haven't played it yet but yep, oh, we've been that's looking. the reason i looked into a bunch of his old games like oh let's look into some more of these um that he's done and you know pick one out play that and mm-hmm. you know go from there or even uh vitella yeah, that was the third one i was going to mention yep. is vitella Serta. you know i got i backed on mars but then i purchased the lisboa at origins and we played that and we most of us, for the most part, liked it. And then uh, people have been kind of piquing their interest on other games of his, you know, keeping an eye out on what they might be interested in. So it's always kind of interesting to see, well, what designer are you going to find next, whether it's a budding designer or just one of those designers that's been out there for a while that you haven't experienced a whole mm-hmm. lot. So what about game design? How does that, like when you look at, a type of game design, how does that affect when you look into a game as well? Compared to a designer, does one have more impact than the other? Like, say it's like a Euro game or a Meritrash game mm-hmm. or a hybrid or, you know, a filler or what style of a Meritrash type game, you know? Yeah, you know, because I, I like to fluctuate. Yeah, between you know between um Mar- Marv would attest to that. Yeah, he would. <laughs> And so I, I like to bounce back between, you know, a Euro game and also like the area control, a Marathrash style game. So as far as like the game design, you know, it just kind of depends on my mood in a sense, because I, yes, I look into that. I look into seeing how, you know, the mechanics of the game and how the game's designed, but I almost think that the designer on the box holds a little more weight than the actual design itself. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I, you know, I have my preferences as far as, you know, types of games, you know, types of game designs and more of a Euro um, type gamer, but I, you know, like a lot of different kinds of games. So, but yeah, I would say the, the designer is, you know, is more, you know, that's something I'll look into if it's a designer I like versus anything else. Um, 
versus any you know type of style of game. You know, maybe if it's one particular style, like oh, this person's done three games like this, and I've liked them all. So if it's that style again, I'll be maybe be more excited because like oh, I love these other games. So give that a try. But even if it's a different style, like well, we'll give it a shot and yeah. at least look into it more, um, whether or not I'll you know get it or play it or or not. But you know, I'll still give it a chance. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think would be a good up and coming designer for someone to look into or one that you are interested in seeing what he's got coming out next to me it was kind of a weird way to answer it for me because i i just picked someone that i really liked their one design game and i'm really interested to see what else they're coming out with next kind of like what you said there i'm just wondering if you have the same answer as me or not kind of weird if you did ryan courtney (laughs) is it really (laughs) Yep, I have two answers, but he's... Okay. Yeah, he's, you know, I really like Pipeline, and, you know, I'm really interested to see what other games he comes out with, because I, I really I thought like I heard on Punchboard Paradise, he's got a, I want to say a thinky-ish filler, really? party filler-ish okay. type coming out next. I can't remember, though, but I thought that's what I had heard. That's different than Pipeline, for everyone out there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thought, You're welcome. Take yeah, care. so I right there with you, Tim, I had my... First answer was, uh, like, for brand new was Ryan Courtney, you know, Pipeline. We talked about we reviewed it. Mm-hmm. I also had David Turksey. I think that's pronounced right. But he might not be as up and coming, so that might not qualify. He's designed Anachrony, Dice Settlers. He did a lot of solo modes for, like, he did the solo mode for Anachrony, uh, Teotihuacan, and some other, like, popular games where he only just designed the solo mode. So he hasn't done, like, that many games on his own i guess I, I don't know it's kind of a weird answer but i'm interested to see he's kind of newer for me to the scene at least so seeing what he has coming kind of had a uh, i guess a similar answer um with victor peter and richard richard amon because i think games that they've done are just tracarion anachrony and cerebria which i have not played um i actually saw that at the uh the library, i didn't yeah. see it till like about the last game before we, be we left, and it wasn't a, a game I was going to play then because that was a yeah. heavier game. But really, like Tracarian and Acrony, and I, as far as I'm aware, I think those are the only three games they've done. So yeah, and I know I they got next year. They're early next year. They're kickstarting Perseverance. So that okay, one, another heavy type yep, game again. Yep. Yeah, they're you know similar type games in that they're heavy. You know, there's you know, a lot going on with them. So yeah, I'll definitely be checking that one out and and that. So. Hopefully they keep making good stuff. Yeah. You know, maybe instead of playing Train Heist, you could have been reading the rules for Cerebria. <laughs> you know I love Train Heist. <laughs> so sticking with the designers here, what is an underrated designer in your eyes? I didn't really have one. Oh, thank God. I'm not um, the only one. I kind of <laughs> looked at, you know, there's a list I found, like a board game geek list of, you know, top yeah. designers and that. So it's like, I had a whole lot of them in mind. I was like, and I went kind of down the list, like, as far as the the ratings and that and like all of them were high enough on there is like well maybe one I'd rate a little bit higher but nothing that was like ridiculous I um but there's but yeah that's I can't you know say like oh I think you know this person was ranked number 10 on that list I think they should be seven like yeah that's not an egregious type of thing so I guess I I don't have a specific one picked for that yeah it was kind of the same boat because I had some in mind and then I was like wait nope they're rated pretty highly you know their games are renowned and it's like mm, 
I got nothing. I got nothing yeah. for the only underrated. ones that like. Oh, I think you know, weren't ranked high. You know, have only put out a couple games. I was like, well, it's not really fair to say like they're underrated because well, they've only had a couple games. So right. like, you know, good so far. But you know, you got to do a few more to deserve lots of praise as far as consistency. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I didn't look at that board game geek designer list, and he may be high up there. I don't know, but one I just don't hear talked about. I feel enough for how many games he has consistent kind of that are good that would be vladimir suchi or suhi he's designed shipyard last will prodigals club pulsar 2849 underwater cities and a couple others that are lesser known but i think that's some pretty good games right there yeah Yeah. see he was one that i thought of too but then i was like well underwater cities came out fairly recently and it was getting kind of a lot of talk and you know pulsar Mm -hmm. i've heard you know, great things about that too. So that's why I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. The only thing for me is I've only played. Yeah, I've only played. I think probably those club is the only game of his. You know, underwater series and pulsar are definitely ones I absolutely want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, soon. But yeah. until I've played them, like I don't know that he. You know, maybe yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with you, but I just haven't played those. Yeah, games and I'm not yet, saying so. he's like an unknown or anything. You know, it's no. just like one of those things where I feel like if he announced a game, people should get more excited about it than they should than they are you know, type mm-hmm. of thing but i'm not going to argue with that <laughs> and he wasn't on the that list um that I looked at wasn't on the top 25 okay. at least so well then he's clearly underrated yes <laughs> <laughs> no question who is the most consistent designer for you i have three okay so stefan feld because i really okay. like you know a lot of his games uh reiner stockhausen uh he did Orleans and Altiplano, two games that I really like. So, you know, so far, mm-hmm. the games that I've played are really consistent. And Ryan, you might get pumped up, but uh, Alexander Fister, oh, he's been... Oh, jeez. He's been fairly consistent. There's, you know, yes, there's one that I really don't... Two that I don't really like, but the ones that I do like, I like quite a bit. And You just played a new one uh, you guys talked about in the recent plays. Yeah, I know. You missed it. I think you'd like it. <laughs> yeah, you've been really excited to me. You know, mm-hmm. listening to that. <laughs> um, for mine, you know, I a little tough, but I, I eventually went and just picked one. Um, would be Vital Acerta, partially because you know, even though I haven't played you know a lot of his <laughs> games, like they're consistent in that they're all like you know very heavy, very thematic Euro type games. You know, every one seems to be, you know that I've I'm aware of at least is that same same kind of thing so like not just that they're you know good games that are popular but that they're consistent as far as the style of game as well like there's some certainly some differences in them but um the heavier type game odds are if you're gonna like one of his games you're probably gonna like yeah exactly all of his so for me i got it was a tough one it was hard not to pick my favorite designer so i didn't go with him it was it was real close Uh, i'm gonna go with simon luciani and he's designed so all his games that I've played are like real close to the same range of how much I like them, and I really enjoy them. He's designed Zolkin, Marco Polo, Grand Austria Hotel, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, and there's a couple that I've been wanting to try and I just haven't gotten to try or buy yet, and that's Newton Barrage Council Four. I would like to try that. I don't know if I would like that one as much or not, but I'd still like to try that one out. And then they just released uh, Marco Polo Two. 
at Essen. So I've probably played about half his games or so, and I really enjoy all of them. They're really tight Euro designs where you always feel like you don't have enough time to do all the things that you want to do in his games. Yep. <laughs> and the games go... They're, for how much you get out of the game, they go really fast. Like, Zulkin, you know, it's a lot to that game, but it goes super fast. I would say the same for Marco Polo. You know, there's not as much to it, but it's a quick game. Yeah, like, especially those first few times I played Marco Polo, and like, man, I don't feel like we're even a third of the way through this game and we're done. Like, mm -hmm. huh, I need to adjust my strategy here a bit. <laughs> and it's kind of the same feeling for me for all those games is like, I just, I want to do more, and it's that brings me back coming back like oh i gotta figure out how to yeah, get more not in a bad way and either. how to it's, yeah it's a good thing do better um, yeah, if you can just do everything that you know i don't necessarily like that all the time so so who would be your guys's favorite designer i can go first if you want tim since it's probably no shock to you sure why don't you lead us off so no surprise uh sir alexander fister whoa <laughs> no way <laughs> i would like to play more of his lighter games. I have played all of his heavier games, and he's got one releasing later this year, or soon. It's Mary Kaibo. And then you guys actually recently are played. You, are you pumped about Mary Kaibo? Very much so. It was more subdued an answer than I was <laughs> yeah, expecting was. from you. Because <laughs> before we started recording, he was going nuts about it. Yeah. I'm not going to say too much. So I've always been interested in trying out Broom Service. I actually just purchased Isle of Sky because I've been wanting to. I've been looking at buying that the last couple of years. Oh my goods, eh, not really interested in that. The new expedition to Newdale, not really interested in that. Yeah, somebody presented them like Marv, I'd try them, but <laughs> that is mine. Um, He's just trying to downplay it now. Mm -hmm. He's, you know. I don't even have him on my, you can check my board game geek thing. I don't even have my <laughs> no, wish list or anything. That's fine. You can, you know, deny, deny. <laughs> all right. We um, know. So yeah, um, I've really enjoyed all his designs so far. And Port Royal was one that is one of his lightest or his lightest game. And first few plays, I didn't really enjoy it. And then I grew to appreciate it after that. And I actually, it's a nice little filler for me now. And obviously his heavier games are some of my favorite games out there. So Tim, what's your favorite designer? Well, it might not be a surprise to you. It might be, but I doubt it. But that's Eric Lang. I do enjoy a lot of his games. Um, Rising Sun, Blood Rage, Arcadia Quest. Love that game. You know, so that's um, that was my pick. I'll accept that. Thank you. My, it was it was tough for me to pick pick mine. There's a few up there that are very close. I ended up going with the designer that has two games in my top three. I figured that should probably be the tiebreaker on it. So yeah, a lot of Schwatil. What with that, you know. And he, he makes a lot of very different types of games, too. And I think the reason I picked him is because my favorite game is Mage Knight, and that's very Ameritrashy and not a typical game that I would enjoy. It's my favorite game. You know, there's a lot of games out there that are very different, even ones that I haven't played that, you know, Galaxy Trucker isn't a game that I would normally even consider playing, but because it was, you know, a lot of Shvatil, I looked into it, and that's one I definitely want to play sometime mm -hmm. soon because it does look really cool, but I never would have looked looked at it without his, his name, name on it, it. Mm -hmm. and it looks yeah. like yeah it looks like it's a really well designed fun fun kind of game to play like space alert again another one you know real time thing where you're not a game i would seek out it you know played i'm sure it'd be fun but not a game i would seek out but i definitely yeah. you know, want to play that whenever yeah. i have a chance code names to. and yeah code names like you know, dungeon pets all sorts of versatility yeah just there with his all designs yeah you know through the ages is more of a game that i based on you know, the other type of game that i would be interested in 
and that's a great game as well, but that's kind of the exception as far as the style of game I typically like. Got to get that Leaders and Wonders going. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> You're right. So, you guys ready to talk a little Mount Rushmore? Sure, let's hear about what it. What is Mount Rushmore, you ask? So, what I'm going to ask here <laughs> is, who is your Mount Rushmore of game designers? So, you're going to put four people on Mount Rushmore that deal with that are designers. And you tell me why they're going up on Mount Rushmore. What they do for you to go up there. To deserve their spot. Okay, so, what I looked at was the impact that these individuals have had in board gaming. Um, so my first one, I put my favorite one up there, Eric Lang, you know, when an Eric Lang hits Kickstarter through cool mini or not recently, it usually gets a lot of hype. Um, you know, they usually bring in quite a bit of money for that. And obviously me enjoying those games, it helps. Mm -hmm. So that's why I put him on there. Uh, my next one, uh, Stefan Feld, you know, because he's got a lot of games out there. A lot of people like his games that I think he's deserving to be up there. I then put Uwe Rosenberg. Uh, again, I haven't tried Agricola, but I would definitely like to try it. But the, um, you know, Feast for Odin and Caverna love both those games. And, you know, they get a lot of praise within, uh, you know, on Board Game Geek and the community, stuff like that. So it seems like any time when he comes out with something new, it's going to be... Yeah, and like, you know, has so many farming games, which is not an exciting theme in the least. Right. But they're really good games, and people are like, oh, playing this, you know, playing this farming game. And yeah. Like, but... And then my final one, I put Jamie Stegmeier, because, you know, I do like his design. I love Viticulture. Haven't tried uh, Tapestry yet. I would like to. Uh, but also what him and his company have done for gaming, you know, Stonemeyer Games, you know, they're putting out a lot of really good games. So he was the one that was, yes, with his design pedigree, you know, if he puts out a game, a lot of people are going to look into it, but also his company as well, how well they're doing. You know, they put out Wingspan, it goes nuts. Tapestry comes out, people are going nuts about it. So I think uh, that is my four people on Mount Rushmore. Nice. Four designers? My four designers. What about you, Michael? Well, what I did was, obviously these are all designers I like, ones that have a long track record, so not someone who's made just three or four games or something. So they've done a lot of games, you know, a lot that I've played as well. And then, you know, just ones that have, you know, they could not design any more games and 20 years from now people would still, you know, know who that is because they've so many classic type games and that so for have you know a couple ones that are similar to yours um but obviously one you know my favorite you know who i picked at least is my favorite designer of a lot of Schwatiel. and then stefan feld and uwe rosenberg you know a lot of the same things that you've had you know uwe rosenberg that you know getting those you know getting the resources you know has a couple you know different you know specific styles of games stefan feld the infamous for or famous for the uh point salad type type games I like a lot of the the games that he's he's designed the other one ryan you like this one alexander fister it, it was it, he was easily on it you know he close to my top top designer too so i know smile. you're excited you know he's just <laughs> so so happy right now <laughs> but yeah i think they're all excellent and you know whenever any of these four have a game i'm gonna check it out you know whether i play it or not who knows but definitely gonna check it out and when i play it chances are i'm gonna like it too so all right so my four is uh i'll start with the one that we all have uh it's uwe rosenberg hmm. uh 
you know, same stuff you guys said, you know, he's, he's got a, a lot of different, not tons of different breadth of design, but he's got some heavier ones. He's got some lighter ones, two player games, you know, he's been doing more into which are a little lighter and stuff, but they're all like euros. He's like your classic euro designer that you look at. And some are a little, one thing I didn't mention, you know, is that some of them are like, you know, tighter. You have to get these things. Some are a little bit more open, like Caverna versus yeah. Agricola. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. Vladis Vratil, I mean, you kind of talked about him with your favorite designers, Michael, but his versatility in his designs. Um, he said, two of my top ten games, and, you know, I want to play Space Alert. I want to play Galaxy Trucker. I enjoy code names for what it is. I like Dungeon Pets. I'm interested in trying Dungeon Lords, you know. Just, he's got such a crazy array of yeah. games yeah. out there. Um, and he's been around for a long time. Another one would be Richard Garfield. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, Magic the Gathering, obviously, how many people has that brought in? Uh, how that's been going for 25 years and how popular it is. Yeah. Uh, he designed Robo Rally as well, King of Tokyo, uh, Bunny Kingdom, Keyforge, you know, he's done Android Netrunner, you know, a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. just you wouldn't think. Yeah. It's just weird. Um, and the last one is. Klaus Teuber, the designer of Settlers of Catan, or Catan, just for the fact of how many people he's brought into a board game. Yeah, and what that game's done mm-hmm. for the hobby. Yep. So, those are my four. Sadly, I did not have Sir Alex, but... Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked, to be honest. <laughs> I am, actually, yeah. Not that you, I disagree you... with any that you put on there, I'm just shocked he wasn't included. Yeah. I thought so you knight him, been... but you won't put us face and stone on he's gonna have his own much bigger <laughs> oh he's just got his own monument monument okay it's gonna, it's gonna be, be the crazy horse one that yeah it's gonna take forever to build yep <laughs> centuries and centuries yep. to build that thing last little bonus question i guess is what is your favorite type of game design i would I say maybe like a mid-weight euro okay you know i i do enjoy the heavier euros but typically i do focus more on the mid-weight ones so maybe that. Okay. Any couple examples or something to throw out there just so people kind of know? Uh, I mean, I would say maybe Viticulture. Um... With Tuscany. Yeah, with Tuscany, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. That that shouldn't even need to be said. It's, it's implied. No, yeah. you know, like uh, Scoville. It makes the game. You know, stuff around around okay. that mark, you know. Orleans, yeah. I'd even throw that in there. I'm going to go with... Uh... Just because of what, what I'm thinking right this moment, that can change sometimes. But right now, I'm thinking like a heavy a euro one where there's a lot of different ways to score. Um, not that you can necessarily avoid everything, but you know, like are you talking like Lisboa strategies or thing. just different ways to get points, different okay. strategies. So you can each Either game one. you can play it very very differently. Go for different things. Um, versus where a game it's kind of similar you're doing the same thing each game um, just because there's so much to explore with that type of game one because it's so heavy but you know different things like different ways to get points in that um, and you can just you play 10 games in a row and do you know, almost do a different strategy every type every single game okay yeah i would say probably a medium heavy euro two examples are probably my two most consistent favorite designers are simone luciani and alexander fister you know Great Western Trail, Mombasa, Zulkin, uh, those those games are all, some of them, you know, are tight, 
uh, tough games, you know, but other ones are multiple strategies and just that weight of game. I do like it more when there's multiple strategies you can try and then try to perfect those strategies or depending on the game setup, like variability, I like that a lot too when depending on the board state, that changes how you might play that game so it stays fresh for you. I think that wraps it up for me. Right. Table talk. So should we move on to reviewing War of the Rings 2nd Edition? Let's do it. War of the Rings 2nd Edition was designed by Robert Meglio. Marco Maggi, and Francisco Nepotello. It was published by Ares Games in 2012. It technically plays two to four players, but it's a two-player only game played in around three hours. War of the Ring is themed off of Lord of the Rings. In it, one player plays the Shadow Armies, trying to win via corrupting the Ring Bearers or a military victory over Middle-earth. The other player is playing the Free Peoples, trying to win by delivering the Ring into the fires of Mount Doom or by their own military victory. The game will continue until one of these winning conditions are met. Each turn, players will be rolling dice that show different faces on them to determine what actions they may take that round. The free people may want to hide or move the fellowship, reinforce their armies, or play powerful event cards. The shadow player also has access to their own powerful event cards. They will likely want to move and attack with their armies, or try to position themselves to corrupt the ring bearers. War of the Ring is over immediately after one player accomplishes one of their winning conditions. Will Sauron take over Middle-earth or will the Free Peoples fend off the evil Dark Lord? That is for you to decide. Alright, we got War of the Ring 2nd Edition. What kind of component quality are we grabbing at? We would be grabbing at some really good components. I like the art on the board, you know, the little bit of art on the cards. I mean, specifically, I guess, the cards for the characters. For the uh, the fellowship, fellowship yeah. um, like on the back of them, yeah, yeah. You know the board looks really good. It's basically two boards put together, so it's one giant board. So it, it it's huge. Yeah, it's huge table hog, hmm. but it helps with that experience. And really, I think you need that because you know late in game when you're moving a lot of armies, you need bigger spaces on the board. If it was compacted down to one board, it would be way too tight, and it would. I think it would take away from. Yeah, because then. The miniatures would have to be smaller. Yeah. It just makes it feel more grandiose. Yeah. And those yep. miniatures are excellent. Those are yeah, for, very high quality. For how many yeah. miniatures, you know what I mean? How many miniatures? Yeah. It's not like a cool mini or not game where they have, you know, 20, 30 miniatures. They can make them bigger and real, real yeah. nice. This is probably, I don't know, 100. I'm just guessing 100 minis. Yeah, I, 100 I would plus, think. Maybe you know, 100, more, 150, but, you know, something, yeah. but... For how I, small they are, they're nice quality. And how many of them that can be on the board at one time, yeah. too. Like, you need that big board. You need the... And if you're going to have those minis at least be decent size like that, you know, it kind of needs all... Yeah, I would say well. I like the minis, but it almost seems like... Because it's like that soft plastic. Some of them, like, the flags are bent over, which isn't a huge deal. But if I'm going to nitpick and say I have a negative yeah. with it, that would be my one. That, you know, maybe, to me at least, the miniature quality isn't... Yeah, super high. Yeah, but it's it's, not it's good. Top, top. But um, the only complaint I would have with them is, and we all have it when we play. I'm more used to it because I've played more than you guys. But is telling the free peoples who's yeah. with which yeah. faction. Yeah, specifically the is it Rohan and Gondor look so similar to me. Yeah, like, same. Like I believe I'm, I'm used the, to just the, looking at their shield. You know, you can yeah, which has the horse on it, which has the tree. Yeah. But but if you don't look at the shield, which you know, if you're ways away, it's tough to even you know see that. But from a distance, like dude, stand there with a shield and a spear, and they yeah. look so similar. Like until you you look at those, 
you mm-hmm. kind of get a little close even to see the the symbols on them. I know what a lot of people do is they'll paint the bases the same color okay. as like the yeah. the faction, just yeah. so you can tell at a simple glance. I mean, I'm used to it, but it helps with first time players. Or exactly, I was gonna like say that. the first time you play it, it's really like you got to really focus. But the more you play it, the better yeah. it's gonna be. Yeah, and this is nitpicking in that, but yeah, but yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. With the shadow armies. Real easy. There's only three different types of them, and they're real. Look a lot different. Yeah. They're easy to tell. Yeah, there's one where if it's if you aren't familiar with Lord of the Rings, it can kind of be tough because like, all right, well, which ones? Who's yeah? You know this the, you know, the different armies and that, yeah. and that. But if you're familiar with the the books and the movies, you know that helps too. Like, you know where some of the you know some of that. Is. I gotta say, I love the tarot cards. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Yep. The <laughs> They just feel right. You Holding know, those in your hands big, and you're sitting there reading them yeah. and stuff. Yeah, nice big juicy cards. Yeah, so that's definitely a huge thumbs up. Yeah, because you know, when you have that, that much information, you know, that much text on the top and the bottom for some of those cards, like they have to be that size. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. you know, just like the size of the board compared to the miniatures, it's the perfect size for what they have on there and the quality of them. I think there's something to be said though, like when you play an event and you like plomp down that big giant card, it just <laughs> yeah. has like a massive effect. It's like oh, I'm playing this big card for a big, you know, just big boom. Yeah, yeah whenever like you put up one that's gonna like stay on the board too, it's like boom, place that down. It's like it feels intimidating, you know, when you have yeah. it played against. Yeah, you're like, you. wait, wait, what does that do? How do I get rid of it? <laughs> yeah. But just yeah. scrambling right away. Yeah, yeah, like you, Tim. Though I like I like the art on it a lot. It you know it looks really nice um how would you guys feel about the theme in this game one other thing i want to mention with the the components the only thing that's bad in it is the i know you got replacements ryan but the original combat dice oh just yeah super, i totally like, the, forgot about that even because i, I forgot <laughs> instantly because like, i watched a video just you know and i was like oh yeah i forgot that they're those like, were the dice they they're tiny like, white dice the cheapest white most generic white dice that there are yeah. the, the other one like the specific ones for the different you know that you're rolling every Your round for dice. you know yeah, the action those dice are all are really like nice. super super yeah. nice and then like all of a sudden you got those white ones that are like, <laughs> just the chintziest things ever like why, why was the one thing you chits yeah. out on is that like you you almost have to get new dice <laughs> battling because it just sticks out so much yeah mm-hmm. i completely even forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely that's yeah there's a just toss away dice right away um so get into the theme now how do you guys feel so if you're familiar with the books in the movie there's a character named Gollum, right Okay. Yep. Follow sh- me so far. So, you know when he gets the ring, how obsessed he is about the ring, and how that's all he can think about, and that's all he wants is mm-hmm. the ring. That's like this theme. It's that's how strong it is. His passion and love for that ring is this theme because to me, this theme comes out. It's inescapable. Yeah, you can't get around it. You know, both sides play completely different. The The free people, they're basically just trying to survive. The onslaught of, you know, these orcs and goblins coming at you, and they're trying to sneak across Middle-earth to get to Mount Doom to drop the ring. You know, Ryan, we talked about it in one of our earlier episodes. I think the first play that we had of this, it mirrored the book and the movie so well where... I think I had like one corruption point left Mm -hmm. and I also had a ring 
So he could corrupt me, but I used, I think I used Gollum. Yeah, he was your guide. He was my guide. So I used Gollum, basically sacrificed him to take the one corruption point. He died, and then I was able to drop the ring into Mount Doom. Yeah, you reveal the ring, you reveal yourself. So yeah. I see where you are, but as you're doing it, you're dunking the ring in there to cancel the corruption point. Yeah, and it, it's when... just exactly how it played out. And, you know, the whole time you're playing the free people, too, you're just you're thinking I'm there's no way I'm going to be able to get the ring there in time to survive. Cause you're just getting overwhelmed. Yeah, armies, armies are just, you know, backed into your, um, you know, you're backed into your castles yeah. and that, and just holding off these, you know, armies that keep, keep coming more and more. And, you know, when, you know, I love how, when, you know, as the free people, your you know, guys, when they died, they're done forever. They, they can't come back. Whereas yeah. the shadow army, they can keep coming back. You know, if someone dies, you can bring them back again later, so you don't run out of troops ever, which is you know obviously very spot on with the with the theme there. Right. So that's why it feels so strong to me that passion for the ring, the precious. Yep. I that's that was a good one. I, Thank you. I don't know how I can follow that in there. So. Yeah, I would say this is this theme is welded to the game, duct tape, super glued. <laughs> you know, they put everything on it, and it it all works. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing more thematic than this game for me, as long as you've experience the books or the movies right you know it feels helpless when you're the free people when you're sauron you feel powerful you're marching around and then kind of later in the game you're kind of like well he's getting a little closer uh yeah, you're starting to sweat yeah you, start... and you can't quite you're you putting a dent in you know the other you know the armies there but you can't quite get everything you know yep. you can't get them all and they're they're holding on but like yep, they're keep pouring on holding on to these strongholds you just can't quite pick them all off and the cards too like i feel are very thematic. There's so many things from the the books and that that are in those cards. You may not see them every time, but you know, like, oh, this. I remember. I remember this happening. I remember this happening when you play these different cards and that. So like those mm-hmm. those help so much with the and differentiating the two sides. You know, making them feel so different as well. Yeah, and even like the political track. It's frustrating as a free people because you're like. What are you doing, Rohan? He's marching on you. He's in your territory, and yeah. you're not going to like go to war. Because like, you got to like get him far enough to declare yeah, war. They got to yeah. be active, and then they got to be at war until you like. It's just like, you know. So it's it's you know they're frustrated in the movies and books and stuff because they're trying to get everyone to rally to mm-hmm. protect Middle Earth and stuff from getting taken over. So you know it's every way for me the games. You know, and, and definitely. The card play can really bring that out because they have specific cards. They have, like, the Ents where they can attack. And I remember one game when you and I ran played, it was, um, I think, Wormtongue was his name. I played the card, so you, unless I actually marched into Rohan, you could not muster at all there. So the entire game I could focus on everywhere else and just completely ignore that area because he wasn't able to build up until I actually forced the issue. And again, that, you know, gets thematic into the movie and the books because they were corrupting that King and, you know, not letting him, not letting him see what was really going on and kind of, uh, you know, gearing him towards that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing I really like is that sometimes, you know, depending on how the game goes, like sometimes it'll play out very, very similar to, you know, the books and the movies. Other times though, it might be different, but, I feel like that's also thematic because that's how it could have went. Yeah. Like, well, you know, Minas Tirith gets attacked at a different time or 
you know, all these things, you if know, happen. Like, if they went through the mountains instead of going through Moria or, you know, different things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because it didn't happen that way in the books or the movie, it certainly could have. And that, the game kind of brings out, shows you, well, this is, you know, one way it could have happened and how things could have went different. So I love that about it, you know, as well. Yeah, it's just one of those games that, one of the few games that when I'm playing it, and Robinson Crusoe does this for me too, I can actually envision things happening like while I'm playing the game you know I just feel like see scenes playing in my head you know when actions are happening or battles mm-hmm. are going on or just different events so so should we move on to gameplay then let's do it how does it grab you there uh you know I I talked about it just really briefly in, when I was kind of going over the theme and stuff but uh you know the one thing we didn't talk about was the action dice and to me it's a positive and a, maybe a little bit of negative so what you do is at the start of the round, you're going to roll these dice, and that's going to dictate your actions for the round. You can, um, there are things that can help mitigate them, but that kind of gets me into the negative sometimes because if I want to muster a lot or march my armies and I can't because of my dice roll, that kind of hurts it a little bit. And I'm going to spoil it a little bit. That's really my only negative for the game. I mean, everything else really hits. I love the dual use cards. You know, the top of the card is actions, the bottom is battling. When you are battling, the shadow army, when you're fighting in a stronghold, you get one round of attacking. And then after that, you have to downgrade your beef units. Yep. So it's almost like you're throwing these big guys, you're sacrificing them to try to smash through the walls for another attack. It's kind of a different style because, you know, you have to kind of watch that when you're marching your armies up because you can't have just a ton of regular units. regular units you got to make sure you've got some of the beefier units in your army so you it's can keep going. Yeah, some of the yep. elite units yep so you can keep going otherwise you're going to be one attack and that's it yep and then another attack and then yep and then you got to wasting dice just yep. doing one attack each time and you know i love how both sides play you know i touched on that a little bit with the the free people where they have the the ring bearers and you know the fellowship you can break people out of the fellowship and then they can run off and they can help an army somewhere you know they all have like a little special ability that they can help add to different people different events will help them trigger different stuff it just it comes together real well uh i guess maybe if i was really going to scrape for another negative i would say maybe the game length but for me I enjoy that because it helps with the experience of the game. Some people might not like it. Also, it is fairly heavy as far as a game goes. Uh, you know, with all of the the different cards, the different action dice you have to spend, both factions are completely different, so it might be kind of hard to explain a first time to a first time player, you know, I can do this, but you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that can kind of be a potential negative but again the more i've played it the more i've grown to really love that and it just it just hits on a lot of positives for me yeah like with the the dice rolling too like i i like that aspect of it where it's not just i can do whatever you know, and these are all these different actions i can do i can just do whatever i want and you're hoping for certain dice rolls but you know no matter what you get you can always do something still with them it's just Right. You get so you got to make the most of what you do get, um, and you get you know, you know, you get say seven dice rolls. So it's not like 
you know, some of those are just complete duds where you can't do anything. But I think it's kind of, you know, thematic as well where, you know, if you're the Shadow Army, you know, you may not want to, you may want to have just a couple eyes to search for the ring. And then you roll four of them, so you have like six in there. But that fits with the theme because that draw to the ring, you know, you can't take your, you know, yeah. Sarn can't, you know, can't avoid, you know, looking for that ring in that. And, and then when you do that, like, well, I don't have as many actions now, but, you know, plus and minus with, you know, what you roll in that. So it hurts you, but it doesn't because yeah. you, you still want ring, or eyes in there, and then it limits their movement or will right. damage them more when they do move. So. Yeah, so even if but like it can a, be a technically like but... feels like a bad roll, it's not all bad, yeah. you know. So it's not you can't win a game by those rolls. Like you know, you can yeah. still you know you do stuff do with some, it. So yeah. what you do with those, and the you know the combat, there's dice rolling as well, but it's a long enough game, and so that the luck, you know, it's kind of minimized. You can certainly have you know a string of bad rolls that you know hurts you. But there's, you know, there's enough of the diff- different combat in different places that it doesn't feel like it's going to completely change the game. Although it does certainly will impact it based on, you know, how you're rolling. Like the the tile draws as well have some luck. So I guess the one thing, like, there's some luck, you know, in a lot of aspects of the game. Like the, the tile draws where if you're just consistently getting really good draws as the, the Shadow Army... Um, that's gonna certainly gonna help you and make it easier for you to win and vice versa. So. Mm. Yeah, you know, echo a lot of what you guys already said. So some cons, I'll start with those. It's a very complex game. It's got tons of fiddly little rules to learn, and there's, like you said, Tim, there's rules to learn for both sides. Yeah, especially the fellowship, learning how the fellowship and the fellowship phase, like all their little things work. If you're not into the theme, that's going to be a con for you, and the game length can be. It's a conflict game if you're not into, like, I would never play this with my wife because she's not going to be into a battling game, a war game. Having a new player versus an experienced player, I guess what I would suggest for that is maybe less one less dice or something for the experienced player, that type of thing. But it definitely, it's going to be really hard for a new player to come in and do really well. And one to, thing you, know, you want to do is like explain... You know some of the some of the cards too that you could get like the like the Ents card like knowing that like with Saruman you need yeah, to you, have if you leave them people there otherwise you're gonna lose Saruman because of those Ents cards so yep. ha- having a few things like that that you're just not gonna know yeah it's playing kinda, unless you've you it's know the like cards the Twilight are Struggle thing where you gotta yeah. you want to know the cards yeah. not that not as much as that where that's the game but I already kind of mentioned to learning to play both sides can be a con um these aren't cons for me really but those are just definitely something to be aware of if you look into this game yeah definitely pros for me um you know basically everything else but i'll just give some of my <laughs> no, just <laughs> everything else. pros i'll give some of my yeah. things i really enjoy about it um, the asymmetrical sides how different they play how different yeah. they feel when you play the different win conditions just when i'm playing one side and i'm playing the other it's a totally different ball game and each game feels different battles i like them they're done in a lot different way than you see in most war games you know it's dice rolling you don't get a lot of hits um you have these combat cards you want to save them for that battle but at the same time i want to use it for that event and a lot of times some of the better event cards are also some of the better battle cards so you gotta really playing those cards whichever way you're going to do it at key moments really helps 
turn the tide of the game. Yeah, with those cards, like you read the top of it, like, oh man, I'm definitely going to use it for this. And then you read the bottom, like, oh man, that that's really good too. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it makes so such a tough decision then when to use yeah. those. And when I you have to discard cards, I always like double check to make sure I don't discard ones I want to like yeah. use. You know, you know the journey of the, that the ring takes is as a free people is just always it's a lot of fun. Like, am I gonna? How am I going to get down there? You know, what am I going to do with the fellowship? I'm going to try to keep it. The last time we played Michael, I basically kept everybody in the fellowship as much as I could to kind of take that corruption damage and just kind of went for rushing the ring down there as fast as I could. The dice mechanism for actions is fantastic for me. That and the card play and probably the asymmetrical sides, those are my three main sticking points is really brings this game top notch for me. The dice mechanism for actions really how you roll the dice and then using the dice to do what you manipulate them to do what you want or get down as much as you can with what you have. It's like, it's a struggle, but at the same time, it's a good struggle. You feel, oh, this time I just mustered. But when you play some of those event cards or you're able to move the ring farther than you thought you were going to be able to, and you didn't take any corruption, just things like that make you feel clever when playing the game. That's all I got. Yeah, the couple of negatives that you guys have touched on already, but you know, one being the, the theme. If if you have no interest in the theme, like probably isn't a game you should play. You're, you know, that's a big part of it is just how thematic it is, and if you're not like probably not gonna enjoy the game. Um, yeah. And then the just the you know a new player playing against someone who's very experienced, you know, just not knowing you know some of those cards out there and how, how certain things work is gonna be tough for that. But you know, those are the only major negatives at all but everything else the the gameplay is i love how it you know it's often you know very close just because there's different ways each of the arm you know each of the sides can win can be pretty close like you know as a shadow armor you're looking at well i've got you know this many you know i need this many more uh, strongholds to take and the rings here so like you can kind of see like it's just slowly both of you getting closer mm-hmm. to that end and seeing like well how can i do this faster how can i slow the other person down kind of thing and just how different both sides play and when i'm done playing it's like i want to try that again you know I, you know maybe do this a little bit differently yeah you can have a strategy but like you have to the tactics of it too like based on those dice roll you have to be tactical because you're not always going to get what you want to get so you have to adjust accordingly and especially your early card draws that's going to dictate a lot of your strategy for the game too is yep. what you get early and what events you want to try to put into play you can't necessarily think, well, this is how I'm going to approach this game because you may need certain cards to be able to do that. So you can't just like, well, let's just hope I get this in the next few rounds. Like, <laughs> yeah. You got to go with what you have. Yeah. You know, maybe you'll luck out, but chances are like, you got to think on your feet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So what would you guys give this for final ratings? I give it a solid 9, You know, maybe even leaning towards 9.5 depending on my mood, I guess. But uh, yeah, I... I like this game a lot. I would definitely recommend it if you're into the theme, if you like the, you know, how the different sides work and, uh, you know, the dice action selection, so to speak, and the card play and all that stuff. If you find that interesting at all, definitely, you know, look into this one. Yeah, if you like the theme and you don't mind playing, you know, a pretty long, heavy game, you know, definitely play it. For sure. I give it a very solid 8.5 and keeps going up a little bit for me all the time. The more I play it, the more kind of inching up there as far as that ranking too. So could even go further. Yeah, my uh, my bread and butter is 
medium heavy euros and this is a dice rolling ameritrash war game with amazing thematic ties and it's my favorite game uh, i give it a perfect 10 i'm not saying it can't be topped but it's going to take an awful lot for a game to beat this as my number one game of all time well we can wrap up our review of war of the Rings second edition and move on to our next review downforce downforce was designed by wolfgang kramer rob davio and justin jacobson it was published by restoration games in 2017 it plays two to six players in 20 to 40 minutes players will try to end the game with the most money to win in Downforce, players start the game by bidding for the six race cars and special abilities. Then players will take turns playing cards, moving the specified cars shown. Once a car crosses a betting line, each player secretly places a bet on which car they believe will win the race. This will occur three times before the end of the race. Players will continue in this way until all cars cross the finish line if able. Then players add up their money totals, which include cash from their cars finished, any money won through betting during the race, and then subtracting any initial bid money, and the player with the most wins. Component quality on downforce. Well, nothing's aren't any like nothing's really flimsy. Um, you know the cars are nice. Uh, you know the cards, cars and the cards both are. You know they're colorful. Um, everything's pretty distinct on it, so you, you know there's no ambiguity to spaces, things like that. You know nothing really. You know it doesn't like blow my mind or anything but for a, a nice you know a light racing game i think you know it's it's solid you know not great but pretty decent i would agree that you know it's good it's not great are you really going to talk about the cars rolling the cars don't roll i mean i you don't want them rolling on the game I, board but <laughs> it's funny because that's always a joke that comes up when we play <laughs> oh the cards don't roll <laughs> and if they did They'd just be moving like you couldn't yeah. play because like the you can't move in different spaces. That'd be a massive issue. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Michael. The one thing I will say is I really like the color scheme they used. You know, on the cars, yeah. the cards, the box. You know, I like the the bright colors and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it works very well for the theme as well. Yeah, and you know, obviously everything makes sense. You know, when you're looking at your cards, it obviously tells you when you know how far the cars are going to move so as far as you know the graphic design and you know being able to get into the game it's it's really self-explanatory and it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. yeah what about the theme you feeling it here tim the theme so basically you're <laughs> you're starting the game by bidding on a car and a driver and your drivers have special abilities <laughs> And then you're betting on different cars. How does he gain race? these special abilities? <laughs> I don't know. No, there's not. I don't feel a theme. Yeah, it's it's a it's a filler game with yeah. not really. Like, a, it does a strong... feel like a race at least. Yeah. So you there's feel that, that. And like kind of jostling for position <laughs> stuff, but that is it. Like it's not like all those other things are very true, but it feels like a race at least. Yeah. It it does, but it's not like you're. Because you, everyone can move everyone's car. Would you rather have it roll and move? As in, like, the wheels move? or No, like, roll some <laughs> dice and you move your car and that's the race for you? Or? Want me to answer that for you? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying as far as a theme goes, it doesn't feel like, yes, I bid on this car and I own this car, quote-unquote, but everyone else can move my car, so it's not like... It's a different style. Well, just like so, in, a, in a race, like a NASCAR race or something, like, well, 
not that other people are moving you, but like it's not just you do whatever you want to do. Like you gotta, you know, there's other cars around you that you know can affect you and you know cut you off and, and I, things. So that, that that's true. So that's thematic. true. I agree with both of you. It's not thematic, but it is does feel like a racing game. Yeah, yeah it's just different style. It. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's just. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this one, the gameplay. <laughs> Well, again, you said it's a filler, and you're, you're you're right. There's not a ton of meat on it, but you know when you first got it, so when what it kind first... of meat are we looking at? We're looking at like a chicken wing, <laughs> like a boned chicken wing. Well, I'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. Don't rush them. Yeah. Don't don't <laughs> rush this, please. So. Oh, this is art right here. Yeah. <laughs> Turn up the volume on this one. So when you when we first played it. You know, we played it a lot. You know, it hit the table a lot. You know, we couldn't just play it one time. You know, we would play two or three games easily once we set it up. Because there's, you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's just kind of, you're bidding on your car, and then you're, once the cars cross the betting line, everyone's bidding. So, for a lighter racing game, I would say that there's enough replayability in it. You know, you did also get the expansion i can't remember what it's called offhand yeah but it added uh two more tracks it added more driver abilities yep you know stuff like that so that helped give danger it circuits or something i can't remember exactly yeah i think that's a dangerous circuit so it helps keep that game alive and keep us playing it and, and aaron he's designing a map for us <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Remember when he said yeah, that. I know. He was before the expansions even came <laughs> yeah. out. He was he was bragging about how he's going to pretty easy to design a map for it. Yeah, he's going to design a map, and we're still waiting on it. You know, three years later, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll keep you posted if if a map ever comes from Aaron. So when the map comes from Aaron, <laughs> thank you. So yeah, you know it's it's a lighter game. Uh, you know, know that going in, but check the designer credits. He might have been on there. <laughs> you, you think? Check the rule book. Maybe he's yeah. in there as like a, no. a special thanks. So, yeah, you know that's that's how I got it. You know, some of my negatives is the fact that a lot of times that I've you know been playing, I see where one car crosses that betting line, and a lot of people bid high on that car right away. So then a lot of people are pushing that car. So if you bid a lot early, you know, when, we, when we're buying cars, if you bid a lot to buy your car and then you maybe bid on your car the first time and no one else is moving your car, that's going to be a big hurdle to get over. It's going to be extremely hard to get your car basically moving by yourself because other people can move your car and kind of manipulate the board state. To where even if they play a card that has a lot of movement for yourself or for your car, they're gonna basically just ram you back into the middle of somebody and then you can't move. Yeah. With that, like for me, like the the first several plays we had of it seemed like that was always the case where whoever gets in front, people are gonna bid on yeah. them and then they're they're all gonna help them. So tough for anyone else to win. Mm-hmm. But I think as people played more and understood, you know, kind of understood some of the cards, like, all right, so they've used their eight card that, that gets you the farthest and just moves you. Uh, that card's gone now, so if I, you know, just the strategies change a little bit after more play. So once people are more comfortable, understand the different cards out there, 
you can kind of plan strategically like, well, I'm not going to bet that one because they, they used all their good cards. So unless somebody else is pushing them, there's no way they can, you know, keep this up kind of thing. So I think it gets better after people realize that. Those yeah. first plays, that was kind of a negative for me. But if people have played enough, then you kind of see that and you don't always have everyone betting on that. You know, maybe intentionally like, all right, I'm not going to maybe even have like I have a bunch of red and a bunch of yellow. So I'm red. I'm not going to push yellow right away, but I'm going to bet on them. They're Maybe they'll be a little bit behind. And then after that, then I can start pushing them up. So there is actually some you know, good amount of strategy once you're more familiar with the game. Yeah, I would definitely agree with both you guys. You know, a lot of the earlier games, we would have that where whoever crosses that betting line first, and then everybody just yep, bets so I'm just going to use my eight right away him. and just pump mm-hmm. it up first. Yeah, and then, you know, the more we played, especially one of the last couple times we played most recently, I remember we talked about it before, but first card across that betting line no one bet on him i think you weren't there for that game tim but it was like four or five of us and no one bet on that car at all which is like the complete opposite of how when we first started playing so you kind of see the evolution of players playing the game the more they get experienced with it um one of the things i really like about the game is it's not just about whose car crosses the finish line first they don't win there's a number of things you calculate the money that has a big part of it, but that doesn't mean whoever the controls one, the yeah. green car just because they cross the line that they win. So I like that aspect of it a lot, where it does a lot different than other racing games. Yep, and you know I do like the what makes the game kind of for me as far as the racing part of it is the those choke points where you're trying to you're using some strategy to see like well you know can I get to that choke point to block everyone off. Like, well, I can't, so I don't want to use this, you know, big card now. So you kind of, you're trying to position yourself so that you don't get stuck behind everybody at one of those or, and when it's not your turn, you're seeing like, you're like, all right, I need to get two more (laughs) spots, two more spots. And then I can get to that choke point and block everyone off. So you're just sitting there hoping, hoping, praying that somebody will move you those two spots so that you can, you can get there. So I, that's the part that that I really that's my favorite part of the game, you know, is that different strategy with those choke points. Like if it didn't if it was just open and you'd never get blocked off, like it'd be a pretty boring game to me. But but for that fact, like you can get there and like now you can just sit there, you know, you got that choke point, there's four more spots. Like you don't even have to play anything with your stuff on it because everyone else is gonna have to push you forward so that they can move. I would I would agree that it would be boring if the game didn't have those, mm-hmm. but I also see those being frustrating because there's times oh, where, yeah. you know, you don't get to the choke point and then you're the person behind and no one's moving you. So then when it gets to your turn, you just have a bunch of your cards. So then you're, you're forced to move other people ahead of you before you want to go. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind of a I, give yeah. and take. To me, that's but what that, I like. Yeah. You know, not everyone's in life. They just want to move their you know, move their car and do their thing. But for me, like, that's what I like about it is that you can't always just yeah. move yours up because you know, that gets and pretty I'm not, repetitive I'm not saying me. it's always going to happen either because mm-hmm. of the driver abilities and, you know, the different ways to play cards. You know, it's it's not something that's always going to happen, but I've seen it where it's... That's why you don't necessarily just bet on yourself, though, why you can bet on whoever you want because then, you know, there's, right. it's on you. Yeah, so like, all right, well, I just bet on the the black car now, so focus more on that. And and well, another thing is that if that does happen where you, you can't move a lot, 
well, the game's done, you know, right. going to be done in three minutes anyways, so you don't have to worry about it, you know, try again the next game. So it doesn't, it's not like you're sitting there for an hour and a half, like, way behind and knowing you can't catch up. It's, yeah. I got five minutes to be way behind. And yeah, and I was going to bring that up, too, that the game length, you know, if it was any longer than what it is, it would be a big negative. But because it's, you know, a lighter style, it's over quickly, and then you could play again right away, that, you know, it doesn't affect it that much. But it can be an issue for some people, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, I love the the card play is what makes this game for me. It's so much fun manipulating and maneuvering the cars around to get yours as far as you can and just screwing everyone else over so you can't move their cars and then when they take their turn they can't move their cars it just it just puts a big smile on my face <laughs> yeah i love that in this game so much it's so much fun i like the auction at the start of the game for the cars and their abilities that's kind of a unique thing and it was, it's always a lot of fun doing that like a little mini game before the game really starts you know yeah and i like with the the cards too like you have you know, I don't remember how many cards you start with, you know, eight or nine or something, something like that. that yeah. um, but it was like, so you're looking at all of them, like some help you, you know, and all of them, you know, most all of them will move multiple cars and you're deciding, well, when to use those ones that, you know, that don't really help you. Like, ah, do I want to try to not play them at all? Or, you know, try to get to a point like, all right, now I'm blocked off. Now I can use these other cards, you know, just get rid of them. So they're not, use them at a time when it's not going to help the other people too much. When do you want to use the ones that do help you a lot? Do you want to get it early and hope people bet on you? You know, do you want to, you know, save it towards the end so you can, you know, make a comeback at the end? You know, just with that card play, for as simple a game as it is, like, you know, kids can play this game because it's just like, all right, put down this card and move these, you know, this blue blue one five spaces, with this one three spaces. So it's simple there, but it's even for, you know, heavier gamers, you know, you can still, you know, get something out of it, mm -hmm. you know, in a quick amount of time and still you know have some interesting choices to make because mm -hmm. you're you're laughing playing cards screwing each other over and it's just yeah fun. yeah so there's a little bit of you know take that he like you're screwing people over but it's it's in a quick game like that so it's the type of game yeah. that i like that in i don't always like that but in this type of a game i no problem with it yeah i guess is any any other negatives like some of the abilities seem you know, to fit. Some are definitely situational. Yeah, some are very situational, so it may or may not help you. Like, But there are situations where they can all be helpful, so I guess it just depends on the particular race if that happened to help you in it. Um, so not a, not a bad one. You know, the replayability, which are a few more specials maybe, um, or if, you know, Aaron would design another board or something, you know, have a few more options there. But, you know, there are a few different, you know, I don't know how many now that you have, like, three different boards or something well, like that. or two boards that are double-sided, so four, four maps. Okay. Yeah, so, like, there's some, you know, variability with it. And, again, we can, whenever we play, we usually play a few games in a row. So it's not like play it once and, like, all right, done for six months kind of thing. So mm -hmm. so what are you guys giving for ratings on Downforce? I think my rating would have been a little higher if you would have asked me probably the first month or two after this game came out because we played it a lot right away. And since then, it's kind of, I don't want to say died off, but we don't play it nearly as much. You know, the yeah. excitement's kind of... I think you missed the last couple times we played it. Yeah, too. I think that's part of it too, maybe. But I still enjoy this game. Like I said, I don't like it quite as much as I did right off the bat. And for how many times we played it, in that short amount of time, but I would put it right around a seven. Yeah, it's a game I would I definitely recommend for 
you know, for families, you know, or newer gamers as well, they can play it. But also for gamers, you know, because a lot of times we'll play it after, you know, something like after War of the Ring or something where you play a long, heavy game. Like you need something like, all right, let's just have something where you're laughing a little bit and, you know, it's simple enough to play. So kind of a palate cleanser between games. Yep, or get the um, whole group together and yeah, everyone you know, plays. Had, yeah, so if we have like a couple groups there and you'll get everybody back together and stuff. So it's it's good for that. So I'd... Yeah, definitely like it. And if it, you know, like you mentioned with the everybody betting on one, like if it would have kept like that where like everybody just always bets on whoever gets across that first betting line first, I'd probably be sick of it by now. But with, you know, since we're, we finally figured it out a little bit and playing a little bit more strategy, I think that helps that it's something I'll, I'll enjoy playing anytime in the future as well. So, um, but yeah, I give it a, give it a 7.5. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Michael. Uh, give this one a 7.5. Say, here in Tortoise, Tales and Games, that's probably my favorite racing filler, and then this one's right there after that one. It's a fun one, so go ahead, check it out. Well, should we dive back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games? Let's do it. So today we're looking at 175 through 151. Nice. So... I guess just as a recap, we when did we start this list? Uh, August 9th. So August 9th is when we did a cutoff, so to speak. So, yeah, we uh, freeze frame the list at on August 9th, and this is the top 250 from then, and we're going through and continuing to talk about them. All right, let's go with uh 175 here. We got uh, 1960, the making of the president. Mm-hmm. You played this one, games. Michael. I have not. Okay. Me and Tim have played it. Tim, yep. you've played it a few more times than me. Yep. Yeah. It's an enjoyable game. Uh, Twilight Struggle Lighter. Not the mini junior that Marv called. Yeah, he brings it up a lot, too. Even yeah. at even at Game Hole Con, he brought it up. Like, <laughs> so he saw Dual Powers and even brought it up. Like, oh, it's kind of like 13 days. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's getting into that. But anyways, yeah, this one has uh, more meat on that bone. As far as uh, gameplay-wise, you're basically playing Kennedy and Nixon, and you are moving your pawns around the country in the different regions, spreading your influence cubes out. Uh, you can influence the media. You know, different events that happen during the election will take place. You're also going to do a debate at some point in the game, which will help you get more cubes in the board, kind of manipulate different things. And, yeah, and then at the end of the game, you're going to count up who has uh, the different states. Um, each state scores different points. I don't remember all exactly yeah, no, it's the, offhand. But like, yeah, because it has the, whatever, the, you know, the electoral yeah. um, yep. points on that. So basically an area control game where you have those cubes out. But like you said, like, with those different cards, you know, that looked interesting to me. You know, the there's parts for, you know, media coverage and, you know, there's an issues thing that, you know, can get influence in certain issues in that which i was interested in and that's so, and i yeah that's a theme that interests me quite a bit so looking at that i was like i really want to play this game so, yeah i would recommend if you if you're interested in that theme at all or any type of you know election stuff like that i would definitely recommend checking this one out yeah the one thing for me with this game is i always get a little bit sad when i play it because i always think well i'd rather just spend the extra half hour hour and play twilight struggle for oh. me yeah, you know, 
obviously they have the same feel because of the card-driven games, but to me, I, I feel like they're different enough. Yeah, they're definitely get a different feel. I like the card play a lot better in Twilight Struggle, but it's still good in this one. Yeah, and obviously the scoring is just amazing in Twilight Struggle, which this one you're just scoring at the end. You're just counting up the electoral votes. Mm-hmm. See who wins the election. So, so number 174... We got Hero Realms. I think this is one we've all played. Yes. Yep. You know, if you played Star Realms, this is same game, different theme. I think it's it's a fine game. Burnt out on the whole Star Realms, Hero Realms thing. So anytime Aaron brings it to game day, I kind of squeege a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a definition. I think, of I, I think I played it at Origins with him, and then he like wanted me to play it again, and luckily something came up where we didn't play it. <laughs> I was just like, it's fine, but it's just. I've played it so many times, and it's just kind of like meh. So I've played Star Realms a lot more than Hero Realms. Well, you had one, you had a one bad play. Yeah, I had my, my one only play of this was really bad because Marv was like the thief, and I was a cleric, so I kept healing myself. But his ability, I would always only play four cards out of my hand, and it just completely handicapped me. So he's sitting there doing little damage to me, and then I'm like healing just a little bit back. So it just took way too long. His abilities and his cards were so ratty. It just, mm. for now. Typical Marv shenanigans. Yeah, for now I would prefer Star Realms over Hero Realms. But Yeah, I haven't played Star Realms. It looks very, very similar. Um, but yeah, you know, deck builder, fine. Um, not my favorite type of thing. But I've, you've played, played it like but... four player, right? All that, well, like, I did play a four-player, which I did not like at all. I have played a two-player oh, as well, have. though. That okay. was the first time I played it four-player, which, okay. nah, it's You wouldn't it's recommend that? weird playing that way. Like he played it with Aaron's two-man bonanza when we were playing Through the Ages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's the right. abstract filler bonanza <laughs> two, with Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it, it's fine and all, but it's not a game I'm like, I'm going to pick it ever, yeah. so... It's a nice cheap game if you're looking for a fun, fast deck builder. Yeah. I'd say pick it up. 173. I'm probably going to check out of this one. That's 1830 Railways 18XX game. So you guys take it away. <laughs> Tell you what, somebody robbed my thoughts on this one, Tim. So I'm going to check right out with you. Oh, nice. Yeah, 18XX game. It's uh, one where you're buying stocks in different rail, rail companies and that you're laying. Laying out tracks, and um, it looks like it's a pretty ruthless type game. It's it seems more like it's you're not even necessarily trying to build your companies up. It's more trying to dump your company on someone else so that they get screwed over and lose. <laughs> oh, so it just seems, so it just seems so like ugh. That part of it seems gross. Like, if it was one thing, if it was like... 14 hours of that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Man. Like, and it, it looks, you know, the design of it, too, looks really super boring. The most, yeah, 18Xs. Yeah, look, they, they all do. But, yeah, it, just the that aspect of it where it's just a mean game. You're just trying to screw somebody over, and that's kind of... It's like, eh, it's not the type of game I... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna make like a it. note. 1830 railways. Um, I'm gonna well, pick I mean, that up. Never similar to all of them. So you can never just... play. Yeah, but when he says it's ruthless and you're just basically trying to dump your crummy company on somebody else, no way. 
So people are into no. that. And if you are, it's fine. It's probably a game for you. But Yeah, if you enjoy it, great. But yeah. I have zero <laughs> interest in that. Sounds right. That's just you know, <laughs> negative interest. My opinion. All right. Uh, so let's go on to number 172, which is Age of Empires 3, The Age of Discovery from uh, 2007 by Glenn Drover. So we played the updated version. Yep. Same game as far as I know, yeah. just different name because they couldn't get the Age of Empires license. It's Empire's Age of Discovery in case Correct. anyone's yeah. Uh, yeah. wondering that. I think basically it just doesn't have those builders in that, which might have been an expansion. There's an expansion that had the okay. builders in it. So this just had everything for that game, the expansion built right into it. So yeah, so, yeah well, we've all played this game a bunch of times. Yep. Um, really like it. You know, the I, I love the different workers, how they all do very different things. Um, so yeah, that's... Yeah, it's a great worker placement game. You know, like you said, Michael, different workers, buildings, everything's a lot of fun. I think it's a great game. Right now it's called Empire's Age of Discovery. If you want to check it out, it is an expensive game, but it is worth it. Definitely. Yeah, very heavy game as in the weight of it. The mm -hmm. physical weight of it is very heavy. Yeah. So. Uh, number 171 is That's Pretty Clever. Or Gans Shown Clever. Yep. Well, I don't really care a whole lot for the roll and write genre, so I'm not the right person to ask about this. I'm I'm with you, but looking into this, it does seem interesting. You know, when Aaron finally goes nuts and starts getting roll and writes, this, this is <laughs> this is one that I would check out. You know, and I think the interesting thing was so you pick dice, and then the ones you don't pick, yeah, they go six, onto a tray. Yeah, there's six dice, all of different colors. Yep. And then uh, basically everyone else has a chance to pick the dice that you didn't select, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it's like there's like five little mini games. Each of the dice do something different. Five of them yeah. do one of them. Hey, you're like, into oh, mini wow. games like that, right? What? <laughs> when games are like little mini games? Yeah, he had checked out already of this. Oh, some of them I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's, you know, you get three rolls and like based on you know the number that you pick, everything I think lower than what you picked is is out so you can't take that anymore so it's you know yeah deciding well which dice to take this time rolling again and each of the so it's basically almost like different tracks kind of thing where there's five a couple of them are tracks and there's some different things in there but you know very unique kind of things so you can kind of avoid some colors and that so it is again rolling rights aren't necessarily my my cup of tea either but as far as a rolling right this one seemed like yeah it'd be be an interesting one to play in right so yeah it won't isn't one of those that like ah eh, that's ah eh, yeah I would like this to have come out twenty five years ago and instead of playing Yahtzee <laughs> growing up like on a family game night we could just play one of these that's yeah. about where I put them I mean yeah it's high I, praise I would probably have fun playing it and stuff and it's one seventy is Secret Hitler it is it's a um a game where uh, very similar to like the resistance re resistance yeah where you're trying to get laws passed, and if certain a uh, certain amount of your laws get passed, then one side wins compared yeah, to the, the other. Yeah, there's the liberals and then the fascists, which yeah, include that Hitler it. Yeah, in yeah. it. So, like, yeah, the, each one has to get a certain number elected. So, like, there's a, I think the president changes each time, and then you elect a chancellor. Yeah. So if you have a certain amount of fascist laws in act, and then Hitler becomes chancellor, then 
the fascists win, and then if uh, otherwise the liberals need a certain amount, and can and either Hitler gets assassinated or get enough policies, liberal policies enacted. So it's very similar to um, you know the resistance in that. Yeah. Um, as far as that, just with the obviously different theme, but uh, right. Yeah, be one I'd uh, like to check out. Yeah, it looked interesting. And like the pieces look like they're nice, thick, thick pieces, or, you know, thick pieces kind of thing. Like themes a little different, you know. So you may or may not be interested in. Yeah, I think if you like the resistance, there's a good chance you like this. So it's yeah, if you like that, you know, yeah, give this one a shot. You know, see if you like it. Uh, number one sixty nine is by a designer from my Mount Rushmore game designers. Mm, Vlada Shvatil. Also your favorite designer. Yeah, he is. At least at the moment. Um, it's uh, Dungeon Pets. Have you played this, Michael? No. Oh. Definitely want to. It's really good. I like it a lot. You're basically, you're these little imps, um, right? Yep. So you're putting them, they're basically like your workers, you're putting them on the board, and you are getting different pets, and they have like different... Um, needs. Needs, and, and like you can put them in different pens, and then they'll age and get bigger and you know their needs will change as you're going along and you need to kind of clean up after them and kind of keep them you know healthy and all that stuff. yeah and they're like these monsters basically is what you're raising and then you're basically selling them off later you put you them know. in show them, yep. shows type of thing and then selling them to different yeah, yeah evil yeah. dungeon lords yep yep yeah definitely when i'm very interested to play that. It's one we got to play again. It's been a while. Yeah, I played it with my wife. I want to say it might have even been last year a couple times. But yeah, it doesn't come out a whole lot. It's deceptively heavy yeah. compared to what it looks like. And because you, you would think like dungeon pets, it's kind like of like this game, little, yeah. and it's got like a cutesy like artwork yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. you know. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good one. It's just kind of one of those that's always just not quite there to get picked type of thing, you know, yeah. kind of thing to come out. And speaking of uh, favorite game designers, Ryan, what do we have for the next one here? Oh, yeah. Um, we got Alexander Fister's Isle of Sky from Chieftain to King. If you listened to us earlier, you know I'm interested in it. I just bought it the other day, haven't tried it yet, so looking forward to that. Uh, it's kind of like a medium light I would say beefy filler is going to be my guess. Like tile placement. Yep. And yeah. Uh, similarity similarities to like Carcassonne, but which I I like that game, but like a little little more to it, um, a little better I think. Yeah. Also got. Seen. So you kind of you get dealt some tiles, and you put money down on what tiles you're going to get rid of one of the tiles, and two of them you're going to put money your own money on it. And then if someone else can buy them from you, you get to keep your money and they pay you for the tile. But also, if no one buys them, then you have to buy those tiles. And then you put them in your kingdom. Each round, you're going to score various different goals. It always changes each round what goals are scored. It might be one, two, or three goals. You go through six rounds, and then the game ends. Um, And then there's two expansions for it, which one of them basically keeps the game relatively the same, the same weight. And then there's another one which adds a whole other player board which kind of it makes it into a solid more medium weight type game which changes it up quite a bit so you 
you had mentioned you went all in already on this game. You bought yep. the expansions. Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Deep end. Here yep. we come. They're half off, so I snagged them up. Yeah, you can't not. I've been looking at it for a couple couple of years now, and I just always didn't quite purchase it. So I just, you know, I wasn't at Gamehole Con. I was a little down in the dump, so I you're, s- you're sitting at home sick just browsing <laughs> on uh, online? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, at least you got something from I got Game something Hulk out of it. Yeah. You know, I got the pity from the wife to order. order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, I'm excited to try this one out. It'll be fun. I think the thing that I found the interesting was that you set the prices for the tiles that you have. So you don't want to set it too low so people just buy it from you. But you don't want to set it like too high either. Because like, you have to buy them. Yeah, because no then you have to. It's yeah. like, where's that point where like, well, if they do buy it, I'm okay with it because I get this much right. money and you don't want to like put the price too high so you're paying more than you really needed to because they didn't actually want it. Yeah. You know, and then the round scoring, how each round is scoring something different or multiple yeah. things. Like you you're know, not you're kinda... scoring the same thing every single round, so that's yeah. kind of cool too. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm hoping it's a it's a good filler game. Mm-hmm. So, like I think, yeah, yeah. I so 167 is Deception Murder in Hong Kong. We have all played it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we played it originally at Origins a few years ago, and then I believe recently did Marv pick it up? Marv picked it up okay, uh, yeah. at uh, Gen Cant. Oh, that's when he got it. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, they get murdered. Mysterium for me, definitely. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise yeah, me at all because... Get I get it. <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It doesn't surprise me at all because I know you weren't big on Mysterium... Didn't like it at all. To be, yeah, it, to begin but with. But I, so. I actually had fun playing this one. Yeah. So basically, one person is like the detective, or not the detective, you're... Um, forensic scientist. For, yeah, forensic scientist, but you can't talk. You can yeah, only so you have different, point. Like, yeah, so like there's different like, boards you have with like clues that you can you can give. Like you can't speak. Like, yeah. There's these little boards or whatever. That and you're, you put little bullets on what applies to the murder weapon and the cause of death. So yep. you're basically trying to lead everyone to a conclusion of, you know, what was used, what was the clue that was left, and everyone around the table is trying to guess yeah, what have, that is. You have limited tools to be able to try to, con- you know, right. have everybody figure it out kind of thing. I would suggest if you like Mysterium and artwork is not the reason you love it so much, get this. And just play this instead. And then just stop playing Mysterium is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I do like it better than Mysterium, but I'm not super down on Mysterium like you are either. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah, it's worth a lot to some. <laughs> it's worth little to me. <laughs> <laughs> Number 166 is a game by Ed Carter and Carl... Chittick, I think. Yep. Uh, it's an older game from 2005. It is Glory to Rome. There's a lot of people's holy grail game that it they is, yeah. can't get because there's a whole, there's a black box edition and then basically went bankrupt and all sorts of different stuff and they can't get it reprinted, all that stuff. I so, thought I heard you might be able to get it like a print and play copy or yeah, something, I but... It's not like one of my grill games, so I haven't like really looked into that, but yeah. I imagine, yeah, you can and stuff. Yeah, it's a card game where you have you know, a lot of different cards that can do multiple things. There's four different things that the cards can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gradually 
you know building and then you're copying other actions and stuff so as you as you go you're going to be doing more and more stuff on each round and and then or when other people do stuff you know depending on what you have out there you might be able to copy an action that someone else does so you're kind of you know building up the work the cards are for either workers you can use it as building or materials but yeah it's definitely one of you know interested in in that um yeah it's not my one of my grail games i'm not searching it out but if some guy came up to me with a trench coat opened it up and said hey i got glory to rome here you want to try this i'd be like all right like, let's, yeah. let's give it a shot give me a hit of that yeah i'll try it out that'd be a weird scenario <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that <laughs> some guy that'd definitely be weird i probably wouldn't try it then, like where, where would you be well, i'd be at a game convention <laughs> okay. i would assume i don't know if you're like sitting in the mall somewhere <laughs> no. like some guy i'm gonna say i'm at a game convention okay. and it was raining I'm going to hope it, it has was raining. To be, yeah, it has to be raining well, or snowing. And the guy came in. It's like you're then... going down like some alley, like, you know, you're, you're walking back to your hey, hotel or hey, something. Hey, buddy. And, and, hey, buddy, yeah. I got something you might Don't enjoy. Yeah. yeah. If it comes out from the behind case, the dumpster. I do immediately retract what I said. I would not try it then. Don't lie. If some you, creepy you guy, like, check this out. <laughs> Just randomly runs into you and you happen to enjoy games. That's a weird scenario. <laughs> yes. Uh, 165 is Kanban Driver's Edition. Vitalicerta. It's getting a remake by Eagle Griffin Games in February. I think it's going to Kickstarter, so that'll be I'm coming out next year. pretty excited for that. Yep. Unless something devastating happens, which I hope it doesn't, I will be back in this on Kickstarter. Like a weird guy in a trench coat coming up to you? <laughs> devastating? I don't know. Or, uh, yeah, okay. he decided to play that game and, you know... It, <laughs> You should have been cautious. <laughs> I'm excited to try it when you get it. Yeah, it looks like the is it looks like it's super super busy. There's tons of stuff on it, but you know, once I looked into it a little bit more, I started getting it where there's just like five different areas of the board that you can do it looks like different things. The interconnectedness kind of like Lisboa. you gotta yep. this to do that Absolutely. to do that different we'll see how the Eno tool artwork makeover does if it looks less busy i think it's still gonna look busy and be busy but hopefully that'll help because looking at the original one is kind of like yeah i got the wily Whoa, coyote eyes much. where they're just bugging out those of my are head just the games though they always look busy yeah but i think it could be improved upon yeah yeah with new art i think you know tools the guy to help if we know him like we do, <laughs> like we <laughs> obviously we don't. do, yeah. but but yeah, but, but yeah, like with the like, there's a ton of stuff going on, so it it lends itself to be busy. But I think with with good art, it can help. And like, and once I looked into the game a bit more, it I, it started like okay, so if I kind of block it out, where like all right, this is one of the five sections, so it makes sense what this particular section does, and then just look at one of those other sections, then it makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense. And I started like okay. Yeah. This is how this goes. You're moving your worker around, you know, getting stuff done, and there's a manager um, yep. going around the the action spots as well that you're you're trying to impress and stuff. And she could play the mean or nice variant, which looks kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, she whether punishes you or helps you, rewards you, you yep. for rewards you for doing stuff or punishes you for not doing stuff, depending on how you want to play. And this is probably the Lacerda I've been I've always been most interested in trying out. So I'm excited to hopefully finally get to play this one. I'm excited for you to get to play it as well because hopefully I'll be involved. For some reason, the theme appeals to me, and I don't know why. I'm not like a car guy or like just running you know, a factory. Is yeah, maybe I think just because it's a different theme. Yeah, it's just you know, it's unique nice. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So 164 is Imperial. So 
we did talk about Imperial the 20, 2030 version. 2030, that was it. So what is different between the two Very versions? Very little difference at all. Okay. It's this pre-World War One. It's a different Europe theme, kind of and thing. I think there's one mechanic that does change the feel of the game quite a bit. I can't remember what it's some... I can't remember what it is anymore, but there is something that is... Some people really like it, and some people hate it in Imperial 2030, that type of thing. So You're right, I can't remember what it is either. But, there's, but. <laughs> but it's very, very much the same game okay. for the most part. Yeah, so, so, yeah, we're not a lot of help there, but... Well, just listen back to... You know, there you go. Or Michael can fill us in. Well, I don't really remember, but it's it's one where you're <laughs> you are it's it's like you're doing shares again, but it's not like 1830 where you're just trying to screw people over either. You're yeah. trying like you can't lose all your shares and stuff like that. So it's very much not like that game. Um, <laughs> one sixty three. What do we got, Michael? One sixty three is actually a game that we just talked about earlier. It's a we Lewis did and Clark a little race. But uh, yeah, we kind of already talked about it. But you know, the, the kind of a racing deck building type game. Yeah. So and listen to our, you know, probably listen to our comments already on it. But Ryan, what are you, uh, your thoughts on it here? You know, not having played it and not listening to your guys' thoughts at all. Um, it is one I'm interested in trying. Um, I, you know, it's got deck building in it, and I like it when it's a part of it. I know it's a lot large part of the game, but it's like a racing game, as far as I know. Yeah. And you know you. You don't want to go too fast up the trail because then you just might get bumped back down and things like that. You got to be careful. I think playing it two or three times in this one would probably definitely help. You know, help you judge whether or not you like the game because you might get caught off guard with how some aspects of the game work. But yeah, it. I think yeah, I agree. We kind of talked about this before, but um, yeah, you know where oh, yeah. you can, yeah, you know, the, the moving back and stuff. So it's a little like figuring out just how you go up there, and then there's you move up. A different way on the river versus on the mountains so um it's one i would like to try out sometime but it's not one that where i think like i'm locked in to like love it or like it or anything but it's definitely one i've been interested in at least trying yeah number 162 power grid deluxe uh europe slash north america i don't think there's really anything deluxe about this but yeah but it's, it's i mean it's, compared to what i looked at the other version it's whatever the Just the coins i got board, in this are like plastic little like clear plastic mini chips that is like yeah, this that's terrible that's it, what's worse know. that or paper money or oh even better the um the money in city and big shoulders well that's paper money that's like super bad is that like tissue money that's like <laughs> tissue <laughs> well the tissue money i guess i don't know they're all awful they shouldn't egregious errors so deluxe is deceiving, but the game itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> game itself, I like. I don't like it quite as much as when we first played it. I definitely like it at higher player counts. Yes. Um, don't play it at three. That was no. Was you got it definitely more than three. Yeah, I've never played it. At th- I've only played it like at five. Yeah, four, five, or six. I'd play it. Yeah. I think it's up to six. I'd I definitely want to play it at four, five, yeah. or six. Because what really makes the game is the auctions. The auction and then the buying of yeah. the resources. Yeah. To, so when yeah. you have a higher player count, you got obviously more people bidding for the different power plants mm-hmm. so at lower player counts it's like sometimes you only have like two people bidding or no one at all and it's just like mm-hmm. it takes away yeah I'd, i've don't, never played that i haven't played as much as you guys have but like i've never played at those lower player counts and i after hearing this i don't think i'm going to but yeah it's a game i i do enjoy and i would like to play every once in a while yeah yeah i want to definitely want to get some more plays of this in for sure 
161 is Everdell. It's a worker placement. If Engine building worker placement game. Yeah, if you're not familiar with it, just think of uh, it's got a big cardboard tree. That is kind of... I think it's just a gimmick to it. Because I don't yes, think it adds it is. Really anything. It's really 100% a gimmick. Obnoxious to me. Like if I'm the guy sitting behind or the tree trying to see stuff, yeah, it looks fantastic. But if I'm behind that trying to see cards, yeah. I'm and if it's a four-player game, game, someone's gonna have to be like it. Yeah, yeah. it looks dumb. Like at a you know, two or three, you can probably avoid it. But at four players, like someone's gonna be stuck behind that stupid tree. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, it does nothing. It's just it's got yeah. a couple spots. Everything else in the game, production-wise, I mean, that is great production, but it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, all the different resources look really cool. Like, yeah. you know, the, the berries, whatever the gold thing is, yeah. uh, the stone kind of things, all the pieces look really cool. I think the cool. berries would probably roll around quite a bit. Yeah, different theme where it's kind of like almost like a, a kid's kind of theme. Woodland themed. critters. Wood, yeah, woodland yeah. critters, uh, pleasant little critters, um, but... It's definitely not a, like a kid's game, though, for sure. No, it's, it's a, like a medium, medium-ish, you know, Euro yeah, game. Definitely medium, maybe on a little on the heavier side, but without playing it, I guess it's. It's definitely one I want to try. That's. Uh, yeah, I would definitely be interested in trying it. I just figured you or Aaron are kind of gonna pick it up one day. It's kind of in your guys's. Yeah, and production yeah, and weight yeah. wheelhouse. It so. really is, mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't mm-hmm. looked into it. You know, other than what we've done here, um, mm-hmm. I mean, even prior, I didn't look into it too deep. Um, but you know, if it, if, it uh, if I see it in the wild sometime and I want to spend some money, I'll get know. rid of the tree and I'll be happy. It did seem like when they're like you're either placing work or playing a car, like where you start out kind of slow with stuff, but you're gradually building up more and kind of building that engine to be able to do more stuff. So that, that part of it, I yeah, I'm interested in. One thing I would be wary of, Tim, is I think, I think it's kind of card drafting ish from a actual card tableau that's out on the table so you can kind of maybe i see what you're going for and i can draft the card that or grab a card that you really wanted so i kind of screw you over so that might that interaction might kind of bother you in it it if might it's something you're really you know, working without, towards is yeah. getting that card and using it and stuff but yeah who knows just an yeah, offshoot yeah because there's cards in your hand and then there's that one pool because yeah, a lot cards. of times is you need two different cards, and if I see Tim has the the king or whatever, and I see the queen out there, I'm not gonna let you get it type of you know, oh, okay. that type of thing. But and some of those like you might start with them, so you're not always gonna know what someone else has too. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it could be could be something. That but I definitely want to try it out without the tree. Without the tree, or I just have Marv sit behind the tree. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just you don't sit behind the tree, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> Next, we have Sushi Go Party. We've all played that yep. a lot of times. And it's a great, great filler game. You know, just mm-hmm. card drafting and very simple set collection. And that's very simple card drafting set collection game. I think it's great for what it is. Uh, great yep. party game. Um, a lot of variability. You know, if you're gonna get Sushi Go, just get Sushi Go Party. Yeah. If you're going to get Sushi Roll, just get Sushi Go Party. And, <laughs> you know, he, he brought that out once for game day, and I was like, eh, it's okay, but it's like, I just want to play Sushi Go yeah, Party. Yeah, he was excited about it, and he was talking about it a lot. You guys played it, and I've never heard a thing about it he again. He brought it up on the recent plays, and he didn't ask what I thought at yep. all. <laughs> like, I didn't hate it or anything, but I was just like... It doesn't I, compare to Sushi yeah, Go Party is the problem. It's similar to Bang the Card Game and Bang the Dice Game. It's like, I'm going to pick Bang the Dice Game yeah. every single day of the week. If it had a different theme, maybe it wouldn't feel as much like yeah. 
Sushi Go Party. Is um, it a different enough game, though? You're just Between... drafting dice, which basically do the same thing. It's got a little more take that in it than Sushi Go Party, where you can kind of oh, screw people, stuff. steal their dice, and stuff like that. Oh. So the stuff that it did really change, I didn't really like more than Sushi Go okay. Party either. I look at it as being the card game to the dice game. It's like a, see I, to me that is such a huge because I cannot I, you know we obviously started playing dice game, bang the dice game. It's a little closer than that gap, but it's like okay. that gap because that gap is like the Grand Canyon. Like well, I have it didn't no help that Johnny was like really huffing up, bang the card game. I know when we played. He kept playing like Wells Fargo or whatever yeah, it was. The, the carriage. Yeah, yeah. Draw 16 cards! <laughs> and then, like, yeah. someone would end up beating him, and he's just like, well, I had two revolvers. Saw, I don't know. He but still, like, that gap is, that's not even close. It's almost not even, I can't even compare, obviously we do compare the two. Okay. It's a gap you can jump. It's Be- not a... Okay. You can bridge the gap with this one. Okay, but you still way prefer... But nothing's nothing's the... better about Sushi Roll than Sushi exactly. Roll. Exactly. better... Hey, so Ryan, speaking of Aaron, yes, what do we got for one fifty nine? We got one of his gift series of games, and that is Yinch. I, now, it, I don't know if this is one of the games that he has. No, or... it's one that he's been wanting to get for okay. quite a while. So it's funny because him and I is it the one that he had a chance to get but then didn't? Yeah, we took a trip to Oshkosh to a game store there. And we were looking around, and he, he saw the had it, and he was all amped up. And I'm like, you going to get it? And he's like, no, I can't really afford it now. And I told him, I go, well, if you want, I'll buy it for you. Just pay me back whenever. You know, I'm not, I don't mm-hmm. care. No, no, I can't. So he had a chance to get his grill game, mm-hmm. but he turned it down. So it makes me wonder how. You were that guy with a trench coat opening it I, up yeah. and <laughs> offering it to him. I was. <laughs> I was, but yeah, he ran away from it. Aaron presents it to me. I'll try it. Um, maybe I'll like it like Zarin Shobu. Good chances I won't like all the rest of them. I would try it. Out of all the games on this list that we've talked about so far, it's not, you know, I would try this over the 1830. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Um, <laughs> wow, high for, praise there for obvious <laughs> from you. Reasons, right. But, you know, I'm not really into abstract strategy games to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, again, I would try it. Not sure, you know, watching some videos and reading stuff about it. I don't really see this being my cup of tea still. But yeah, so Michael, a little bit being more of an game. abstract guy than us, you're more abstracty. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I'll go over the game a little bit. It's a two-player game. You're basically on your turn. You place down a disc and then move your little piece. Um, and then you can, if you jump one of the opponents, you flip the color of it. Um. And you're basically trying to get five in a row of your color. And then you have to do that three times. So once you get the first one, then you like lose something. So it makes it a little more difficult once you get the first one. So a lot of times like no one's gonna you have to get three wins basically to, to win the actual game. Um so it's be tough to win all three in a row, but it looked interesting. I don't think I'd like it as much as I like Czar, but maybe Definitely one I'd, if Aaron got it, I would definitely play it and try it out and see, yeah, he'll make see how it compares to, compares to some of those other ones. That, Next time you have Abstract Bonanza, you'll... Yeah, a little Abstract Marathon. Play uh, eight yeah. games of this, and then we'll see how you like it. <laughs> right. I don't know about eight games, but I definitely want to try it a couple times. <laughs> see how it goes. But yeah, another one of those were similar to the other ones in the gift 
series. So moving on to 158, that is Imperial Settlers. It is a game that uh, I do enjoy quite a bit. Um, have you? I don't think you've played this, have you, Michael? I have. Oh, Once, you have? Like a okay. long time ago. Uh, yeah. It's one that doesn't really get played in our group as much. I play it quite a bit with my wife, Ryan. I know you play it with uh, your wife, Sarah, quite a bit, or at least you used to. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a civilization building game. You're, depending on your faction, all of them are slightly different. You're playing cards. Either you have your, um, the common cards on the right-hand side of your board, and then you have like empire cards on your left-hand side. Your specific faction or whatever it is. And then, uh, there's, they're kind of in rows. So you have like production cards, you have feature cards. So depending on when you do certain actions, you might get a little bonus. And then I think the bottom row were the uh, actions, specific actions that you can take. You know, if you assign workers to certain action spots or different stuff, might give you victory points, give you different um, goods, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's one that I enjoy, um, I guess. What do you guys think? So, I know what you think, Ryan. You, I've played the game 70 times. That's and, just a couple times, and probably sixty-seven of those times are with just me and my wife, two-player. Um, I wouldn't want to play this game unless it was two-player, or any. The. I personally played it out. Now I've played it seventy times, so I easily got yeah, my money's worth for almost any only game played seventy for that. times. Ugh, but <laughs> probably the last twenty or thirty times even. I just, I'm so sick of it. The expansions just completely ruined the game and mm-hmm. just completely out of balance, out of whack. There's just power creep everywhere in all the expansions. So that just completely ruined the game for me, and it just blew my taste for it. But when I did play it, for the most part, especially early on, I really enjoyed it. A lot of fun. So I mean, like, I'm not sure about the... Like the raising, you know, destroying other people's buildings and that. I didn't love that part of it. Besides that, it was like I I enjoyed it. Again, it's been quite a while since I played it, but Yeah, I'm nowhere near that many plays and I can't find it on. Yeah, Ryan, you played it seventy times, I've played it one. <laughs> we'll get We would just I mean it's her favorite game and we just constantly should you know, play like yeah. every time we play, we play like three times. Okay, I've played it fifteen times, so nowhere near. S- still quite a bit. That's still quite a bit. So you got a good thirty, forty plays before you're played out of that. Yeah, I know. So I got a <laughs> long way to go. So I haven't seen that power creeping the expansions nearly as much as you have, and I, I think I have all the expansions, but I haven't played them all either. But, you know, there's there's that. So maybe I'll see it with more plays, but I still really enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a good game. Just. For me, I played it out, and I would just want to play base game without any expansions. Now. So but. you would recommend it, but not seventy plays. <laughs> just no. play it fifty times if you're going to get it. <laughs> I would That's play. It. I would say just buy the base game and don't buy anything else. That's fair. I'm, she always wants to play it. Still, I'm just like that's the one game. Like out of every game I have, I do not want to play. Oh, really? At all. She'll still ask to play it, and yeah. you'll, like, shoot her down? Maybe once a year I'll play it just <laughs> to be nice or on a birthday or something, but I, I'm i so done with that game. Happy birthday. Like, wow. So done with it. Wow. 
High praise from Ryan. <laughs> well, what do we got on our next? Uh, next one, we have Star Realms Colony Wars. So I think this is the same thing as Star Realms, just different deck of cards. Yeah. You know, so we talked about Hero Realms already. So in turn, we talked about Star Realms. So kind of the same thoughts. Yeah, I... You just know, a different theme than yep, just space, Hero Realms yeah, and just spaceships. Same, pretty sure it's the same thing as Star Realms, just different cards and yeah, different combos same game. to put together. Yeah. yeah. So one fifty-six. So we got Shogun. This is one I'm very interested in trying. This is kind of the uh, successor to Wallenstein, where they use the cube tower mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, really interested in trying it. We got uh, Chris Wagner, who's kind of a local listener. He has it and has been wanting me to try it for quite a while. And I've been wanting to wanting to play it, but I'm real interested in trying this one out. Yeah, area control. At first, when I saw that tower, I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be some dumb gimmick." Gimmick and thing. Yeah. After I looked into it more, it's like, actually, I don't kind of don't mind that because it's it's weird, like because the dice gets st- or that not the dice, the uh, cubes the cube. get stuck mm-hmm. in that tower. So like sometimes, like when you throw ones in there, like ones will come out that you didn't even throw in, which is you know just a little different. And the more I looked into it, the more I thought like it actually could work for what the what the game does. You know, there's I like the is it ten different cards that you're pre-programming? Well, you don't do all of them, but like there's ten different spots, things that you can do, yeah. And you're kind of pre-programming everything, and looks like one of those where sometimes you're going to get done what you want. Sometimes, like based on the order things come out and that, like it might not, you know, based on what other people do, it may not happen. I think there's um, also like bluffing cards too, so you can even play those. Yep. Yeah, because you can only do so like then... maybe five things or six or seven or something like that, and the other ones are just you're putting something down to. So people don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right with you, Ryan. I definitely want to try it. Uh, it looks interesting to me. You know, I enjoy a good area control game. So, Chris, let's you, do it. You gotta, you gotta teach us. Yeah, calling you out, calling them out. Yep, I'll play this one. So, one fifty-five is a classic, Carcassonne. Yep. Many versions, many expansions. Yep, hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I think it's a solid game. I've I, yeah. I haven't played a ton of different ones. Um, you know, played it with the rivers. But I like it. it's a fun game. Whenever I play it, and so I I've only played a couple times. I did enjoy it. I think. Do you? You only you just draw one tile, right? And that's when you yeah. have to place. So I wish like maybe you could draw two and you could pick one which you place. Maybe that'll ruin make the beauty of the game. You know, make it too easy or increase AP or something. But but yeah, it's still a fun game. You know. Yeah. Yeah, if someone busts it out, I'm like, I'm never gonna think like, oh god, I gotta play this game. It's one where I'll play it. It's not I love it, but definitely like it. And yeah, I agree. It's um, I'm right with you on that. That um, it's just kind of a simple tile placement game. Yeah, you know, it's not something that I always want to play or that I'm just you know thinking about it all the time. But if someone picks it, and it's you know, yeah, I'll, have, it, I'll happily play it. play it. Yeah, if someone picks. Agree, it. especially for a Marv pick. For his games. <laughs> Looking at you, Train Heist. Oh, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, next one, again, by my, uh, which apparently is my favorite uh, designer of Vladis Shvatil. Number 154 is yeah, Galaxy Trucker. Another one you haven't played of his. you got to get on it. I know. Come on, I, Michael. I definitely want to definitely play this one. It's when are you, uh, you got a, a ship in space that you're, you build in real time, like you're doing all kinds of stuff. you got to get crew. Laser cannons, shields, you need cargo space for goods. Um, 
Maybe you get engines, um, batteries to power stuff, and you're just rushing to try to get this ship together. And then once you've done that, so everybody has their own ship, and then you flip a bunch of cards. So sometimes you can run across you know, another ship that... Pirates, has, all sorts of different And all kinds of stuff. like meteors and yeah. all kinds... Of, like your ship's going to get blown up. Like it's all kinds of bad things are happening to you. You're trying to minimize the damage in that. It's certainly there's a lot of luck with it just based on, you know, where those mm -hmm. asteroids, like you roll the dice to see where it's going to hit and you may or may not, it may just bounce off your ship or you may be able to shoot it. But, um, but it looks like a, a lot of fun, like, you know, seeing that, like, you know, the see what happens to see if your ship gets totally destroyed or not. It seems like a very, like there'd be a lot of laughing You'd be yeah, just laughing the whole time. I think time. it's definitely a game you have to go in with the right mindset yeah. to know what kind of game it is. And then it's not know, a like yeah, no you, luck. Yeah, you're building your engine, you know, that kind of, it's not yeah. that kind of game. You're just scrabbling together to get what parts you can and then just see what events happen and, you know, watch your ship fall apart. <laughs> exactly. And laugh at your and your uh, competitor's expense, yeah. you know. Yep. So when Michael picks it and gets it, I will try it. Right. I'd like to try it. Yeah. I'm in. Sounds like a deal. So Michael's getting Galaxy Trucker, and Tim, you're getting Space Alert? I've looked into Space Alert, and I've almost bought it a few times, but I just well, haven't. I haven't. I just haven't. I don't know. All right. Get on it. Number 153 is Cyclades, Cyclades, however you want to say it. Um, it is one I do enjoy, but I always think I would enjoy it more than I do. Uh, I kind of talked about it a few times, but... You're kind of bidding for the gods, which are going to give you specific actions during the game, whether it's attack or buy mythological creatures, make bidding cheaper for you, mm -hmm. help you build buildings, different things like that. Um, great production quality. Uh, looks fantastic artwork. I would agree. It's one that I... It kind of sounds like I like it more than others in our group you know i out of the that matigo line of um cyclades kemet and inish i would say cyclades is my favorite of those you know there's there's battling in it but there's not a ton there's um it's a lot of kind of you're building your little town up and you're trying they give you kind of like little bonuses so it has a little bit of that but not a ton either so you're kind of building your little town up and it gives you little bonuses, and you're trying to get two metropolises to win the game. And it's just, it's one that um, I find a lot of fun. I like the bidding in it, too. So, yeah, I really like the auction phase a lot where you have those yeah. different bidding tracks for the what, five different gods and that. And like when you get outbid, you got to move to a different track and, yeah. and that stuff. So, I, I really like that part of the game. And then the rest of the game, I don't like, I don't really, I don't like the, you know, the battling. If there's, that part of the game doesn't just fit really, for me very well. The battling is fine. It's a super low luck battling, so you you typically know if you're gonna win the battle going into it. I mean, there is some luck to it, but yeah, like you I guys, would like either zero luck with the battling or tons more luck. Like okay. that <laughs> level of luck, like I don't really like. I wish it'd be either more or less. More exciting. Or just know exactly what's going to yeah. happen. One of those okay. two. I think I would like it better. I, but yeah, I like that auction phase of it. And the rest of it is like, eh. Yeah, I like the auction phase a lot. I do enjoy the rest of the game. I just always think I'm going to enjoy it more than I do. I think the production quality is probably part of that. Mm -hmm. And the theme. So 152 is Welcome to. 
it is a flip and write. Uh, basically, you're flipping over cards, and then you're marking off onto your sheet, your own little personal player sheet board, and trying to create the best-looking town. Yep. I'm out, just like the little clever game. I'm, uh, I'm out on this one, too. I'll play it when Aaron picks it up and makes me do his bonanza. Yeah. See, um, that's pretty clever. Looked a lot better than this one. This one just kind of seemed... The, the clever games I would rather yeah. play a lot more than this. Yes. If I got time, yeah, I'll try it. That doesn't say a lot for me, though, because you'd probably try anything but a 18xx. I know, and that's true. But that's true, and I say it a lot, but yeah. I mean it. Okay. You know, there's... I know. I'm not... I'm not attacking you. I'm it just feels saying like you're trying to attack for me people over. out there, so they know. Like, well, Tim's into trying it. Yeah, that doesn't mean right. You're excited about it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We'll go over a little bit how the uh, the I, game works. I did um, a little bit. No, you just you just He's argue with me. you argue with each other, and that's how the game yeah. works. It'll be a hell of a game. <laughs> so there's uh three different decks and there's like a, a number and an action on it. it goes one to 15 the why does he seem a little timid outside. when he's like i was seeing if you guys were done gonna... see if you guys are done yelling <laughs> he's at like each other he's yet. like waiting for us to attack <laughs> yeah there's uh three different things will pop up where there's an action and a number and you have three different streets there where you're putting stuff in the the streets all the the numbers have to be starting left to right they have to be in ascending order, so everyone has to be higher than the other one, but you can put it anywhere. So you could put the sort of get a twelve right away, put that towards the end of your street, you know, you could get a three, you know, just kinda of placing them and just trying to do as much as you can. You know, each of them do different you know, kind of those mini game, each different um action does something different where you're getting getting points for. It seems like they're really pushing this game too, because I can't remember what side I was looking on. Recently, but they had like new releases, and it was almost a full page of different welcome to. So it was like a Halloween edition. It was like a different uh, country edition. They were all like just different re themes of it. So it seems like it's pretty popular. Obviously, the roll and write, thematic, flip and write. They're going you can nuts. slap anything on there. It's got to be thematic. Yeah. This one, to me, I'm, I'm a little bit more interested than you guys are with it. Still, it's not one that I'm. Doesn't say super much. Excited about. But, which um, one? Which one would you try? That's pretty clever. Or this one first? Those are actually pretty close. At this one, I think there's less luck with you know dice rolling in that. Like you all have the same cards. Like there's three of them out there, and everyone's picking a different one. You're putting in different places in that, but you all have the same information. Just who does better with it to get you know build those points and do it that way versus the other one you know there can be a good amount of luck with what you roll and stuff which i'm almost thinking i might like welcome to more i would more interested definitely be more interested in cleaver but not very interested in either one cleaver (laughs) (laughs) i believe yeah i think that's right sounds right uh we got number 151 we're going to close it out with Game no one's probably ever heard of before. It's uh, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, apparently, it's been around for 26 years. I don't know. I've... I guess, yeah. Yeah, definitely a lifestyle game in its own. Um, if you get into this, you're more than likely deep into it. You know, some people are going to play casually and whatnot yeah. here and there, but it's, you know, 
money investor. It's kind of like, you know, you can look at it as like a miniatures game. It's kind of a hobby in itself. You know, miniature gaming yeah, is a hobby. Magic the Gathering is a hobby. Is a hobby. And board games is a hobby, you yeah. know. So I actually haven't ever played it. No? Neither no. have I. Never played. I it. have. I think I would like it. I've played some similar games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wouldn't ever want to dive into it. First off, I don't have the money for it. But second off, I wouldn't want to just play this. Yeah. Well, I think I would enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Now that I'm already into you know, other board games, yeah, I want to play a variety of different things and stuff like that. Like, I'm wondering if I say I would have tried Magic the Gathering and liked it. Like, would I have? That's all I'm doing yeah. now is just doing that. I, mm-hmm. I don't have that answer, but. So, Tim, you played this in your Chitlin years. Why don't you fill us yeah. in? Yeah, so it's been quite a few years. I still have my Magic cards. You got a Black Lotus in there? I don't think so. I've never really... Okay, that's a lot of money. Like, gone through. Don't, yeah, throw, I, I don't let Dominic get a hold of that. No, <laughs> and uh, so in my younger years, it started with uh, Pokemon. That was kind of a big uh, big hit, especially when I was younger. It really uh, That's when it really took off. But then... Um, a few years later, someone introduced me to Magic the Gathering. So I had gotten into it um, a little bit then, played it, not even sure if we played the rules right or if we just mm. you know, threw cards around each other. Yeah. But probably five or six years ago, once we started getting into games again, I did play some games of Magic with my brother. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we kind of threw some decks together and just kind of played a little bit. Obviously nothing serious, you know. It's probably something that I'll introduce to my boys when they're a little older, or you know, Ryan. Guy, have a guy with a trench coat come over and have magic in his his coat. <laughs> Good lord! I think it was at like uh, we were playing Shadows Over Camelot at Fall Fifty that one year, yeah. and the lady came up to it. Oh, is this like is this like Magic the Gathering? <laughs> yep. right. Yeah, that's right. It's like no. I mean, <laughs> at least you didn't say Monopoly or something, but. Yeah, not the slightest. It's, it's not the least like that as it can. Yeah, but yeah, that's. Um, so how do you, how did you like it though? I liked it. It's um, obviously a better theme than Pokemon, in my opinion. You know, it's depends it's, on it's you know, darker. You know what like, you're into. You know, I like but, the yeah. card art to it. You know, it's yeah, kind it's of that fantasy has some really theme. Nice yeah. artwork. Um, you know, I haven't played any of the new stuff. So I think they started like introducing like planeswalkers and stuff like that. So I have yep. I have no idea how those work. You know, I would just throw a deck together and just play. I think now the next I want to say the next set they're coming out with. I could be wrong. But I thought it was like fairy tale type set or something like that. But I it could just be. It out, I yeah. I haven't looked into it or bought cards for. I haven't looked into it either. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, and I'm not. Right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because you know people that are into Magic the Gathering, they love Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering. You know, there's stores that, you know, even in the area, that they're afloat because, because of, of this game. Yep. You know, yep. and I think that's a tremendous thing, you know, that it's able to kind of... And for it to be out as long as it has been, it's just a testament to the yep. game and how they keep introducing new things. They stay up with what's legal to play with, what's not, yeah. in different formats where you can play older cards that you still have and mm-hmm. things like that and all the different ways that you can play like with drafting and cube dra- just all sorts yeah. of just it's a completely different yeah. so i would recommend uh you know if it's if you're interested in it at all i would recommend it i think they have like dueling packs where you can buy different um decks pre-built decks. Yep. i think i could be wrong that might just be pokemon but i, I think there are something like even some like there's some some places will just magic. have like that yeah. you can try it 
So I would it. I would definitely recommend that if you're interested in it at all to check it out. And yeah, it's something for me. Like even though I haven't played it, it's one where like I think, you know, I I would certainly play it and mm-hmm. I'd probably enjoy it. I'm never gonna get you know deeply involved with it and go go get to that point with it. But I I'm I'm sure if I played it, I'd I'd get some enjoyment out of that. Yeah, it's one of those that I don't really want to play just because you don't get sucked in. Yeah, yeah. But how many of these games have you guys played on this list? I counted the uh, Star Realms Colony Wars because I played Star I, Realms. I counted, just a I counted that as well. Uh, as well as I Age counted of Age 3. of Empires yeah. Three. Yes. So yeah. with that being said, I've played a whopping thirteen. Eleven for me. No. Yeah, if we count those that technically haven't played but basically played i think i'm at nine what is 10 i lied your favorite game of the list for me it would be age of empires 3 or empires age of discovery i would agree with that that one um yeah just kind of looking back here i believe yes that would yep that's gonna win it did it dungeon pets i think is close to that too I like that one God, a lot. Play that. You know, 1960s also a really good one on this list. So, which are you least interested in playing, Tim? Who, who, what's yours? 1830. Let's go with, besides 1830. Is there one out there that like you're least interested in besides that one? If I were, if I could not pick that one, I would say maybe Yinch. Then just you know, okay. I'd be right there with Tim. Uh, 1830 because of the time investment. If I had to play the same amount of time of Yinch or Welcome to. <laughs> and eighteen thirty, I would probably play eighty five games a inch in a row. Oh my god! I would. It'd be between those three. I would at least want to play. Okay, Michael. Yeah, because there's a lot of games in here that aren't you know towards the bottom of the list. Definitely eighteen thirty is when I have zero interest. Just how just mean yeah. the game is, and it's not like a battle game or anything. So that one's definitely last. I have no interest in playing Star Realms just because I. You played Hero. Not that it would be my next least favorite game if I played it. Because you've already played yeah. I played something super similar, and even though I I like the space theme, I just I didn't pick that because I, I counted it as I have played. Okay, yeah. If I didn't do yeah. that, maybe Yinch, but it's not one like like. What about eh. eighty games of Yinch? <laughs> <laughs> All at once. I, I have a tough time thinking I would enjoy <laughs> eighty games of Yinch, but I mean, I would involved? rather play eighty games of Yinch than play eighteen thirty. Would you? Ooh, I would rather play eighteen thirty. Would tough. you rather play like seventy games of Imperial Settlers though? <laughs> Compared to what? I don't know. I just I just want to throw <laughs> okay. it out there again. Yeah. I would rather play eighteen thirty than probably twenty. Maybe games of inch. that's kind of a <laughs> whatever the time thing. equals. How many games of Yinch would you rather play than eighteen thirty? Okay. If we're doing that, I'd say Yinch. I'd rather play Yinch than. All right. <laughs> what is of that. the game you guys would most like to try out? Everdell. Probably, and then uh, probably followed by Shogun. Those two are, I would say, pretty pretty close. Ah, we got. That's uh, tough. You know, Dragon Pets is definitely one in Galaxy Trucker. Dungeon Pets. What is Dragon Pets? Tell me more about that one. <laughs> Whatever it is, I've never played it, so I don't know. I don't even know the name of it. <laughs> so like those are on there. But I think my top two are Kanban and 1960. I think Kanban is gonna win it. But Ryan, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm more certain than you are that you're going to get it, and you're very certain you're going to get it. So yeah, so you, you can not qualify. So if for I don't the do that, then nine, 1960 like, would probably be. Yeah, he could take it on Mars. Qualified for the SM list, <laughs> yeah. but Mari Kaibo didn't. Cooper Island did, and there's just a big. 
It was a mess. Because I didn't look into my It was a kerfuffle. I still haven't. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> so for me, it's Kanban. If I'm not going with that, I there's some good ones on here. I'd probably say Everdell or Isle of Sky, one of those two. I'd like to try out. So Isle of Sky, the game you already bought. Is one you definitely want to play? Yep. <laughs> That's wow. True. Well, That's you know. Amazing. Some, some of those the games one you just bought. What? Marv buys, he's like, doesn't want to pick him. It's like, don't you want to play the game you bought? And it's not one that you bought like a long time ago. You bought this yesterday. Yep. <laughs> so that does it for me, boys. Thanks for sticking it out here. Yeah, I was kind could. of surprised that you made me a liar because earlier in the episode I said you were going to be here for just a few As long as I could. Things and... You just stuck it. You're a trooper. I'm. Yep. I'm proud of you. Don't scrappy. So guess what, folks? We have another giveaway to do. And nice. Guess what? He's on Michael's Mount Rushmore, Whoa. and that is an Alexander <laughs> Pfister game, Blackout Hong Kong. It is a good game. game. We Solid reviewed game. it a while ago. It was, yep. yeah. This is a hairless cat of board gaming, right, it, Tim? It was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's definitely a underappreciated game by the board game geek community. I would say so, yes. And I think it's probably underrated just because people compare it to like Great Western Trail, which, you know, we all really, you know, it's a very, you know, we enjoy that game. So it's not quite that good, but yeah. just because it's not as good as the, th- you know, arguably one of the best five games ever made, <laughs> it's not good. So exactly. It's just because that one's so good and this one's not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Still, yep. still excellent, though. So if you want a chance to win this puppy, um, email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com. This contest is going to be running until December 6th. And if what we'd like you to do is tell us what you think we could improve upon for the show. Please don't just say pack it up or get rid of us. <laughs> um, yes, that will help, but that's not constructive. Yeah, yeah we're looking for yeah. you know any way we can improve the show. You can tell us show, that, absolutely, and... but then also give us something constructive. Yeah, exactly. And be also, honest. Yep. You know, that's why we're asking. Exactly. Also, tell us your favorite part of the show. We want to keep making the show better and still keep true to the spirit of the show and figure out what our listeners do and don't enjoy. Yeah. And we are closing in on our one-year birthday of Dual Win Games. That's true. So any way we can improve the show and, uh, you know, make it better, we want to uh, definitely hear from the listeners. So Do both of those things, and you will be entered to win a copy, a sealed copy of Blackout Hong Kong. The contest ends on Friday, December 6th, and you can email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com. And unfortunately, we are cheap, so we can only afford to ship inside the continental United States. So now that we got that exciting announcement out of the way, we're going to do some plugging, Tim. Plug away. Join our board game Geek Guild. That is Guild 3471. You already know how to email us, but that is at dualwindgames at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games, and slap us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Five stars would be great. That would be great. I'd love a five star. Mm-hmm. And we will see you guys in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. On next episode's Table Talk, we discuss what makes board games fun. We review Abomination and Caverna, and we go back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games. 126 to 150. And remember, when you do win, everyone wins. I like it. I gotta say, this episode was really good. And, <laughs> you know, I think I know why. Why's that? Because for part of it, we were missing a piece. 
Ryan wasn't here. You think that's it? I, it might be. Made the, it might be. Made the episode better? You know, I'm excited to see uh, if maybe some of the listeners agree when they uh, if they send emails in for our giveaway. Maybe that'll be the big... Uh, the big hitter be, be the big winner yeah. or maybe this will be their least favorite episode because he wasn't there Ooh. i find that hard to believe but yeah, yeah come on i mean all the game hole con talk we had and oh it's just beautiful just as yeah less best conversation Ryan. ever yeah, it, was it was good pretty amazing it was good so <laughs> well thanks for listening everyone ciao i've only played this one i played hero realms a lot more the one thing i didn't like about this one was star realms yeah, I this played. Yeah, yeah. So I played Hero Realms a lot more than this one. Star Realms. Oh, this one. <laughs> Speaking of Aaron, what's number one fifty nine? Is it me? It is you. Okay. Uh, 